0: Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. Welcome to another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. We've got a good amount of topics to discuss today. We're going to talk some NFL action, uh, recap week seven a little bit as we go into week eight. We're going to have a new segment that we're going to debut on the podcast today, so we hope you enjoy that. We will also discuss some soccer as there has been a wild few days in European soccer across many leagues. And then we are also going to touch base on a hockey recap in the NHL after the first week and a half in the season. But before we get into all of that, I just want to dedicate today's episode to the memory of Paul the Octopus. Eleven years ago yesterday, the football world lost Paul the Octopus, and he is most noted for predicting eight out of eight correct results at the 2010 World Cup in South Africa, including the final where he predicted that Spain would beat the Netherlands and Spain did and ironically Spain dedica- Spain did thank Paul the Octopus in their ceremony after they s- celebrated their World Cup victory back in 2010. So Paul the Octopus, this is for you.
1: Miss you, Paul. We miss, miss you, baby. Paul
0: we miss you Paul the octopus it's been 11 years it's been 11 years we miss you the football world misses you uh, you're a legend in the eyes of people that care about soccer and well you're just a legend in the eyes of a lot of people that follow uh you know soccer social media as well uh, but let's get right into the podcast like I said we're gonna start with some NFL talk we're gonna recap week seven a little bit and you know of a good amount of discussion came about in terms of questions arising as we head into week eight, going to be pretty much halfway through the season at this point. Um, so not a lot of action happened for the most part last week. There were a lot of boring games, honestly, not good matchups on paper. A lot of teams had bye weeks, you know? So, I mean, we, we're we going to, like, we're not going to do a full recap around the league because, well, anybody could, anybody that has a brain could tell you that the Jets suck after getting torched by Mac Jones. So, I mean, we'll, we'll go right into it, though. Obviously, we'll stick in the AFC because the AFC is practically wide open at this point. And that's going to be the primary focus for our discussion of and breakdown of around the league. So we'll go right into it. The Cincinnati Bengals are five and two and they beat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore on Sunday and not just beat them. They beat them handedly. Okay. Baltimore had had a chance to extend their lead in the AFC North and also at the top of the AFC standings as well. But Cincinnati came in. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase made Baltimore's defense look like look terrible. They made him look sick. Cincinnati's defense came to play as well. And the Bengals went out of Baltimore a winner. Now, obviously, Cincinnati is five and two. Nobody expected that to happen. But here we are. We're going into week eight. The Bengals are five-and-two, top of the division, and in a high-seeding position in the AFC right now. And my question to you, sir, is that after this victory over the Ravens, are
1: the Bengals legit? Um, so I did say on last podcast, I said if um, this game that this was just played this weekend against the Ravens, I said that this is going to determine how I my sense in the Cincinnati Bengals are, whether they're contenders or pretenders. And with that dominant win over the Ravens, I do think this team is a legit playoff contender and their schedule for the most part only gets easier from here on out. Um, there's no, I mean, they have to play the Ravens once more. and still have to go see the chiefs once more as well, but, um, or excuse me. Yeah. They get to see the chiefs at the end of the season, um, but they get the Ravens once more just being in the division with them, but I like their chances. I mean, they do have, a few t- like they got the Chargers, they got the Ravens, and they got the Chiefs, who I would say is probably the biggest. I, and I actually can't even put – I wouldn't even put the Chiefs in that category. So they have two tough games throughout the rest of their stretch. But I do think this team is a legit playoff contender. Super Bowl contender, I am not there yet. I am of the saying, you have to learn to crawl before you learn to walk, because this team is still a very young team. Their defense has played – Happily decent this season for the most part. I mean, they haven't that this. They have two big. They played two. I would say good teams um, on this five and two start. They played the Ravens, who they beat, and then they lost to the Packers in that overtime game where everyone was just seemed did not want to make a kick. Um, but no, I mean Joe Burrow has th- probably I would give him the the spot of the toughest quarterback in the league because this Cincinnati Bengals O line is. Is an issue for this team, and it seems like Joe Burrow is almost getting hit on every single play. But every time he balls, it throws the ball up to Jamar Chase. It seems like there's going to be a big play out of it. My only concern, yes, again, I do have them in the playoffs now. At this point, throughout the season, I'm just looking ahead their schedule. Yes, I do have them in playoffs. My only question with this team now comes down to what's going on. They they need to fix this old line. Whether they do it at the end of this year or in the draft process and through free agent signings or whatever. In the next year or two, that this team could be a genuine Super Bowl contender. Um, but right now, I just put them in just kind of that playoff contenders. Like depending on who, where they sit, I do think this team could win a playoff game. Um, so yes, I am riding. I am riding the Cincinnati Bengals all the way to the playoffs right now. I am not seeing really much wrong with this team other than that O line defense, especially from last year. I stepped up big, big time. So it's good to see for them. I mean, I like Joe Burrow. I do like Jamar Chase. I mean, they have the LSU connection there. It's just fun to watch them play football. So, I mean, the better they are, it's the more fun it is to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. When we talked about, you know, when we talked about the like we previewed the league season. Like, no, actually, we didn't preview the league season because we forgot a podcast episode. But um, uh, mainly because we were on, we had some life things going on. But when we talked about the state of the league. Um, you know, a co- like the first couple weeks into the season, like we really didn't think that the Bengals would be here. Like, you know, we thought that the Bengals would be let's be honest here, we thought that they would be in last place. Uh, we've thought that the other three teams in Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland would be competing for not only that division, but they would also be competing for the two wildcard spots because they because let's be honest, on paper, the AFC North is the most competitive division. In the A, in not only in the AFC, but it could also be one of the more competitive divisions in all of the National Football League. Agreed. We didn't, we didn't see, we did not foresee the fact that the Cleveland Browns would have a plethora of injuries, not only to their star running backs, but also to Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield. We did not see that the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, we kind of were. We kind of saw that the Pittsburgh Steelers um, uh, would be able, like you know, would have. Uh, Kind of a downfall with their offense, but their defense would take them as far as they could. But the thing is, though, is when we talked about the Ravens, we thought that the Ravens would be fine, and the Ravens are fine. They're five and two. Okay, they yes, this loss to the Bengals was bad because they just got beat down in their home in their own stadium. Um, so, but the thing is, though, is like the Bengals are a good team. Like their offense, they rank seventh overall in the league in points, thirteenth in the league in yards. So their offenses their offense is in the top half of the league, and their defense is in the top is in the top 10 in the league. Would you find that hard to believe? They rank fifth in the league in points and then they rank 10th in the league in yards. So they're a top 10 defense and then they're a top, and then they're also a top 10 top 10, top 10 to top 15 off, top 10 to top 15 offense in the league. So they are finding ways to win on both sides of the ball. Joe Burrow, you know, the man towards ACL last year, honestly. Like, we didn't know, like, what the status of him would be in terms of this season as it goes on. But, obviously, Joe Burrow, you know, pretty much just goes out there confident as ever. Like, he's the baddest man on the planet, and he knows on that day he's going to win that game. He just has that feeling. It's it. It reminds me of LSU, like you said, the LSU connection. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. When Joe Burrow, um, you know, pretty much walked out into a stadium when he was in college football in that 2019 season when they won, when LSU won the college football national championship. Joe Burrow had a swagger. He had confidence. He had poise. And this is what I'm seeing from this guy, because the thing is, though, is like this man is a great is going to be a great quarterback like the future looks bright if he can stay healthy he already had an acl tear obviously but the thing is though watching him bounce back from that is amazing the addition of jamar chase obviously has helped um but the thing is though is they have joe Mixon, and they have other players on the offense offensive side of the ball that can do their that can do the job that can help contribute to the offense uh, uh and their success Okay, and their defense has done exceptionally well, too, in terms of it. They already have more sacks in seven games this season than they had the entire of last season, if I'm correct there. So the defense is doing well, too, in terms of in terms of what they need to get done and also but the, like you said the offensive line obviously can be a question mark sometimes we always have that fear about the Bengals offensive line but the thing is though is that they have been able to protect Burrow for the most for the most part obviously you know their main job is to make sure that their star quarterback doesn't you know knock on wood get any serious injury to them because if Joe Burrow were to have an injury and for and be out for a lengthy period of time the Bengals would be fucked but I like what this Bengals team is doing. I like that. I like, I like it. I love the, I love the burrow to chase connection to Mark chase offensive rookie of the year. Mark that down right now. Um, honestly, you might as well just, you know, if you haven't placed a bet on it, you might as well. Actually don't even place a bet on it because you'll probably lose money on it at this point because nobody else has really come close to what he's doing. Um, but yeah, the Bengals are legitimate playoff contenders. And honestly, based on how their schedule works, they could be legitimate division contenders for the AFC North crown going up until the end of the season, honestly, because.
1: It's a two horse race with
0: them and the Ravens now. It pretty much, honestly. I mean, Cleveland has their plethora of injuries. I mean, Baker Mayfield doesn't want to sit out a game. He's willing to go out injured um, uh, with his uh, t- with his labrum pro- issues. Uh, And I mean, the Steelers are pretty much hit or miss. I mean, their offense, like their offense is like, you know, like a roller coaster with their offense and their defense can only take them so far. But the thing is, though, is like, yeah, like you said, it's a two horse race between them and the Ravens. Both those teams are legitimate playoff contenders. We've already talked about them with the Ravens, but now it's it's now time to actually start acknowledging the Bengals and what they've been doing. But the thing is, those is they're five and two. Obviously, like the season can change. We don't want to, you know, jinx anything about the Bengals. But obviously, they obviously don't want to stop at five and two. Obviously, they want more. So I'm rooting for the Bengals. Um, uh, in terms of hopefully that they have success not only in this season but also for the future as well. Um, but yeah, I do believe they're
1: legit playoff
0: contenders. They could win a playoff game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I do think that this Cincinnati team, barring any injuries, will take the AFC North crown. Um, don't get me wrong. I still have Baltimore getting into playoffs. Um, I just think all these injuries that, excuse me, that the Ravens are have piling up just is going to hurt them. I do think, though, this is the perfect time for the Ravens to have their bye. They go into their bye this week. So, I mean, they're going to be OK, I believe, coming in. Their, their schedule as well only gets easier for the most part, and I think like both of these teams are going to be real real threats in playoffs. Um, I wouldn't. I'm I'm still hesitant to go as far as say that the Bengals will take the number one seed in the AFC. Um, I am definitely hesitant about that because I would say there's probably three other teams minus them that could take that crown as well still. But we'll have to see how everything pans out.
0: Speaking of that number one um uh, seed in the AFC, I'll touch base on that in a. L- I'll touch base on that in a little bit, but I do want to shift over to another team. I know one team that you think could potentially be a player for that AFC for number one seed there, um, and that I I may be right here. We're gonna shift over to the AFC South here, and I want to talk about the Tennessee Titans. And uh, I like my question to you is are they legitimate Super Bowl contenders coming out of the AFC after they demolished the Kansas City Chiefs in week seven?
1: I yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to argue with this team right now being Super Bowl contender, like make the argument against them not being it. Um, I mean, clearly the only question mark people had like with this team was that loss to the Jets. Well I that's that, what I that's think,
0: what made them undecided because they they beat Kansas City and beat Buffalo, but then but before that they lost to the Jets. Yeah, maybe they back,
1: were you have to look back at the that loss, but then again, they also didn't have a full healthy game. I'm pretty sure AJ Brown and Julio Jones both did not play that game. They did not. Yeah. And I mean you saw what this team can do with a healthy Julio and a healthy <clears throat> AJ Brown. I mean they beat the Bills in a thrilling game, and then this absolutely just washed the Chiefs last week, Um, only allowing the Chiefs to put up three points, which is unheard of with that team. Derrick sure, Henry had more passing touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes did. Yeah, like, I'm sure we're going to get to the Chiefs in a little bit, so I don't want to touch we will. them right now. But yes, I I do think this team right now, I mean, Ryan Tannehill has looked – he's done what he's needed to do. I mean, Derek Henry clearly is the – the offensive presence of this team, but when Ryan Tannehill is called on, he is making the place he needs to. I mean, a healthy AJ Brown looks really scary. He has looked very, very good in my opinion. Um, I know he sat out what he missed four or five games, something like that.
0: Uh, AJ Brown missed like three games and Julio missed like three as well. Obviously those two had their injuries um, early on in the season which is why both of them were be- – which is why both of them sat against the Jets because the thing is, though, is, like, it's the Jets, okay? You really honestly should expect the Titans to beat the Jets, but, I mean, it just wasn't their, their day there, and that's, like, where we all kind of thought, like, oh, the Titans are frauds, blah, blah, blah. And even we said that they were frauds, but the thing is, though, is, like, that – proved not to be the case because of their victories over both buffalo and kansas city um you know one of them being one of them being a division leader you know contender in the afc and the other one that should be a contender in the afc but we'll talk about the chiefs later um but before i make my point i I just want to make sure did you have anything else you want to say about the titans before i chime
1: in here um, no, I I genuinely do think that this team is going to finish first in the AFC. Um, to be completely honest, I mean, they as well have a very easy schedule from here on out. Uh, barring their game against the Rams, um, they have, it looks like they could really finish this season 15 and two, maybe just 14 and three. But I do think 14 and three with how this AFC right now is shaping up just with what well, everything's going on, I, I do think this team um, could have, because, I mean, now they have, so they're going to clearly have the, um, excuse me, the head the head against the Bills if they finish with the same record. Um, I do think this team is better than the Cincinnati Bengals team, just because this Tennessee Titans defense, I do think is better than the Bengals defense. And I think this offense um, is more explosive. Only issue is if teams, which, I mean, I know this is a take that comes over and over. If you can figure out how to stop Derrick Henry, then you're going to be fine. But it's really impossible to stop that, man. I mean, the Bills did, for the most part, and then he has these breakout plays where it's like, oh, there there you go. There, there he goes. But, um, no, I think as long as this team keeps clicking how they are right now, this team is going to be the AFC champions. Or the A, not the AFC champions, excuse me. They're going to have the number one seed in the AFC.
0: So... I'm gonna agree with you that they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders, and I agree with everything that you have say there. Ryan Tannehill, great game manager, quarterback uses his weapons to pretty much to their full potential. Derrick Henry, all pro running back, obviously, he should be MVP if he continues uh, if he continues the season that he has. Um, it doesn't, the MVP award doesn't need to be strictly for quarterbacks. Derrick Henry is the best offensive player in the national football league and needs that award given to him. And if he doesn't get it at the end of the season, barring anything crazy, it's an injustice. But, and also, I mean, if Julio Jones and AJ Brown can stay healthy, obviously they have their weapons at wide receiver. Um, the only, uh, so their defense like their defense, has come along the past couple of games, honestly. I mean, you know, uh, they made some key plays against the Bills, obviously, which helped contribute to their victory uh, on that Monday Night Football game. And then, of course, they just made the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes look like a bunch of shit. Um, we'll go more into the Chiefs later on, though. Um, so they have the sixth-ranked offense in the league for points and 11th-ranked in the lead in, league in total yards. So they are, so they're top five, top 10 off. They're pretty much a top 10 offense in the league. And then their defense is like right in the middle of the pack. Honestly, they have a 16th ranked their defense for points and then 22nd in the league for yards. So pretty much like middle of the pack, not quite lower of the pack defense. So they're getting the job done there with what they need to do on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Like you said, honestly, I mean, their schedule is practically easy there. What does help but also hurt at them at the same time, um, their bye week is in week 13. So that can help. But at the same time, well, it'll hurt them like it could potentially hurt them like right now, honestly, um, based on the fact that they won't have a bye until December. But looking back off of last year, Tampa Bay, when they won the Super Bowl, didn't have their bye week until week 13. Tampa Bay, like, you know, they pretty much were like a roller coaster team. And after their bye week, they pretty much ran the table, obviously. And we all know what happened. So Tennessee could, like, this Tennessee team could, you know, carry on momentum into the bye week. And then, you know, once they recuperate from the bye week, you know, they get into December. They should be able to make headways in the AFC and get done what they need to get done in terms of getting that number one overall seed and getting that first round by there. So I'm looking, f- uh, I'm looking forward to see how the rest of the season goes for the Titans because the AFC South right now is just a complete crap show. I mean, we all thought that the Colts would be more competitive and they would be competing with the Titans for the South Division title. Um, the Jaguars. I don't know how I'm still baffled that they won a game against the Dolphins. Um, not, the Dolphins s- suck. The Dolphins do suck, and I'm sorry, buddy, but it looks like your take about the Houston Texans is complete complete shit and dead in the water at this point. So
1: I also said that take though, and in, in my defense, I said that take with their healthy actual number one starting quarterback and Tyrod Taylor, and then he got hurt, and now we're seeing the likes of mills uh mills mafia here
0: um, yeah davis mills yeah. yeah
1: mills mafia has just shown that he is not an nfl quarterback um so i think my take can be invalidated because of the fact of injuries but still i was definitely wrong about the titans in the beginning of the season um i genuinely did think i know it was a hot take for my Texans take but i genuinely did think this team was probably going to win the afc south again um with Indianapolis, I I didn't think they were going to fall off as much as they did. I mean, the past couple of weeks they have kind of turned it on and looked like a better team. But I mean, th- there's that's their AFC South, and I don't see anyone in that division catching them.
0: No, I completely agree with you there. I mean, honestly, it is the Titans' division to lose. Titans are legitimate to, like contenders for that one seed there. Um, following like that, uh, I believe that I believe that we can focus on the opposition of that game and the losing effort uh we can switch over to the Kansas City Chiefs who have been a complete disappointment for the not just themselves but you know they've just been a complete disappointment you know around the league and like to the media to the league itself you know nobody expected the Chiefs to be where they are right now in the league um they're in last place in their division which I do find hilarious um, just coming off an ass kicking pretty much i mean let's see here they are three and four okay they they're three and four last place in their division under 500 the only thing is though is that like nobody's really under any scrutiny yet uh, for such an underperforming team like this team really like their defense has gotten a lot of scrutiny which i mean can be the case because their defense is almost as bad as like The Dallas Cowboys defense of like a couple of seasons ago, so that makes sense there. But this Chiefs team, like they're underachieving, they're underperforming. I don't know really what to make of it other than maybe just laugh a little bit. But are the Chiefs done? Are they dead in the water? Are they making or are they going to make the playoffs? No, they're dead in the
1: water. This team, I mean. Clearly, they have the weapons to get it done, but Patrick Mahomes has not looked like the Patrick Mahomes we have seen the past two to three years now. He has just not looked like himself. He is missing easy throws that he shouldn't be missing. I know all the time, whenever he makes a big throw, even in losing games, that's all you're going to see over ESPN because ESPN loves loves to put out their Patrick Mahomes content, which is fine. I get it. I mean, he's like I said last week, he's been there, he's done he's proved himself. But this team, like, there's a lot of red flags with this team right now. And I, I, you, you even have to start looking at Patrick Mahomes at this point as being one of the issues. Now, I'm not going to go as far as saying this team should trade Patrick Mahomes because of people. I saw uh, tra- uh, trade Patrick Mahomes was trending on Twitter over the weekend. Um, that is not the case at all. I mean, he is a franchise quarterback, but he just he just needs to get back to the basics. I mean, he is missing his easy throws like that he typically makes. He, it looks like he's trying to be too cute at times where it's just make the play and you'll be fine. But this defense has just been atrocious for them and it doesn't help. They lost over the offseason, They lost two of their star offensive linemen to protect Patrick Mahomes. And that is showing again this year. Um, I do think Patrick Mahomes is still a good quarterback, but this Kansas city chiefs team is just not a good team this year. I do think this team is dead in the water. And I genuinely can see them not making playoffs this year. Um, I do. I do think that like they're just not top dogs like they used to be. Like they still they have to play the Chargers again, who I think will stomp on them. They still got to play the Cowboys, who I think will kill them. I think they'll. I think they see the Packers at one point throughout the season. I think the Packers are going to lay a beat down on them as well. Um, I just don't see how this team. I, I don't see a way into playoffs for this team considering with how the rest of the AFC is shaping up right now, especially in that AFC North where you right now have three teams who are ahead of the Chiefs right now. Um, I just I think they're done. This team is completely done unless they find a way to squeak into the last last spot of Wildcard. I, I think this team is done.
0: No, I'm going to agree with you they're, they're dead in the water. this team is done. You are correct. they played the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys twice in a, they played them twice in a four week span in a four week span. So the Kansas City Chiefs, in terms of their season is a, t- is a tale of two is a tale of two cities practically. So their offense, once again, top five offense in the league for points, for yards. And then their defense is just historically awful, atrocious, bottom five defense. Um, twenty-seven for points, twenty-eight for yards. So pretty, pretty much twenty-seventh in the league, which means only five hundred defenses in the league are worse off than the Chiefs. Which I find that hard to believe because you know, watching the watching the highlights of Chiefs games, like it makes me wonder, like if their defend, like if they're, you know, if their defense actually knows what the concept of defense is. I think I understand. I think <laughs> people have a better understanding of who killed Kennedy than the Chiefs have. A, than the Chiefs do of what defense is. Okay. It was the mob, by the way, they killed Kennedy. Okay. But, um, uh, but, but the thing is though, is like, you're right about Patrick Mahomes. He's being too cute. He's trying too hard with the with the fancy plays, with the cute throws. He has to go back to the basics, okay? And your fan base at Bills Mafia, they're loving every minute of it because they can make fun of him for this. But the thing is though is like it's not quarterback regression. It's that he's doing too much. He's not he's not regressing as a quarterback because yeah, he's thrown a pick. He's thrown a pick I think on almost every I think he's thrown a pick in almost every game this season or something like that so yeah that has happened but the thing is though is I don't think he's regressing as a quarterback I think he's just doing too much because his uh, because they're figuring out the offense in a way actually because when Tampa it goes back to when Tampa Bay beat them in the Super Bowl Tampa Bay was man-to-man they rushed the offensive line with their defense they rushed Kansas City's offensive line with their defensive line they made Mahomes run around all the all all over the place, and then that's where all these cute throws and everything came to be. Everybody, like, you know, they talk about, oh, that great throw by Mahomes in the Super Bowl where he's just lunging, where he's just lunging a throw down the field like in midair, which was an incomplete pass, by the way. But the thing is, though, is, like, you can't keep doing that in a game. You can't keep relying on, you know, having to, you know, escape the pocket, dance around uh, in the bat. Uh, back behind the line of scrimmage for about five seconds. It's like the
1: Chiefs of old, they look for that one big play again. They'd be like, oh, here they are. They're going to come back and win. Whereas this year, they're looking for that play. So they're just not getting it this year
0: it reminds me of when lamar jackson first came into the league where like lamar was like okay i'll find like he'll, you know he'll make his moves and escape in the pocket and then he'll just magically find like a wide receiver or tight end somewhere open and then they would be able to like you know move down the field I mean, that's not the case this year with the Ravens. They The Ravens, Lamar Jackson, is finding ways to win as a game manager quarterback and, you know, pretty much, you know, improving aspects of his game, whereas Patrick Mahomes is – it's kind of a reverse. Uh, It's not a regression, though. It's just that they're doing too much. They're not – like, the whole team needs to go back to the basics. I mean, the thing is, though, is like, yeah, okay. They've got. They've. You're right. They have to play the Packers. They have to play the Cowboys. They have to play
1: uh, the Chargers again. They still have to play the Raiders we twice. gotta, they gotta play the, the Raiders. Always find a way to beat this team. And don't forget on a Sunday night they still gotta play the or Mon, Monday
0: Monday so, night they still have Monday to play Giants. They play the
1: Giants. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> guess what? I mean with this the way this team the way this Kansas City team is looking right now, I could like I could you could make an argument for this Giants team to beat them. The New York
0: Giants will beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night. That is my hot take that I talked to you about earlier. When we talked about it on the pod, like when we looked at the schedule, when I saw the schedule come out, and I, we didn't talk about it on the pod, but I talked about I Actually, no, we did talk about it on the pod, but I also had a separate conversation with you away off the pod, and I said, okay, two automatic losses right now for the New York Giants at Kansas City and at Tampa Bay. But the thing is, though, is like, yeah, I'm still thinking we're going to lose to Tampa. That's later in the season. But now, based on how the Chiefs are, I'm not afraid of the Giants going into Arrowhead. I don't care what happens at this point. Because the Giants are 2-5 and and they have nothing to lose. Whereas whereas the Chiefs are 3-4, and dead last in their division, and they have it all to lose. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if the Kansas City Chiefs lose on Monday night to the New York Giants... Crossing them out. I'm crossing them out. I'm a fit. Like, I'm saying they're dead in the water now, but you might as well just start nailing in the coffin because their season will be over if they lose to the Giants because they can't come back from a loss like that because they played – they still have – then because after that, guess who they get? A visit from Aaron – a visit from Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers who – Pretty much a man on a mission right now. Then they have to go to Las Vegas, a Sunday night game in Vegas, and they always play them tough in Vegas. Then they have to play Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys, and the Cowboys are probably one of the best teams, if not the class of the NFC right now. They're up there right now, especially with how their defense is improving. Okay? So that's three games right there that are pretty tough in my opinion. Yes, they have their bye week in week 12, but they still have to play the Chargers. And honestly, you're going to laugh at me for this one? Week 16 against the Steelers, I don't care that they're home against the Steelers. That could be a tough game coming up, honestly. because That could be a tough game based on how the Steelers'
1: defense is.
0: I I completely
1: completely agree. I mean, like we have been saying, this offense isn't this offense that we've seen to just kill teams for years, where every single night when Kansas City steps on the field, you might as well just put 35 points on the board because that's what they're going to get. This team has built a complete 180, and it's completely shocking to see. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly.
0: It's it's shocking to see, but because the thing is, though, is like when they when they won their Super Bowl, when they won the Super Bowl two seasons ago, everybody was like, "Oh, this team's going to be a dynasty in the National Football League." They made the AFC championship, lost in 2018. They won the Super Bowl in 2019. They lost the Super Bowl in 2020. So everybody was like, all right, you know what? The Chiefs are a dynasty. But the thing is, though, is like this year, it's like the complete opposite. It's the Chiefs of like – it's the Chiefs of – of. like, you know, the Chiefs of like when we were growing up, like when we were growing up as kids, how they were like, you know, bottom of the bottom of the AFC, bottom of the AFC West, close to the bottom of the league. Um, it's it's pretty interesting and sad to see. But at the same time, I can't help but laugh in a way. And the only reason why I laugh at it is because I didn't expect this. It's more hysterical to be laughing at this to be you seeing this honestly. But I mean, hey. Yeah, it's the NFL. Things happen. The league changes on a week-to-week yeah, basis. It's a week by week
1: league, so week-by-week leagues. I mean, we could be completely wrong about this team. Maybe they'll come back and just start. Maybe they'll run the
0: table and go all the way to the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> you got to, you got jokes tonight,
0: huh? I oh, I oh, I, oh, I I always have jokes. I always have jokes. <laughs> uh, oh, I guess you're not gonna like my next uh, take then. Uh, I already cause... know where you're going, and I still disagree. <laughs> You still so disagree. You know what they are? The Raiders are legitimate playoff contenders. Honestly, well, I mean,
1: to say playoff can I agree with the playoff contenders wholeheartedly. There, I oh, I, I meant think, to say
0: they're, they're legit division contenders. Based I on think, I, the think
1: state- I, I think it's a Chargers division.
0: I Based on the division, honestly, uh, you know, it's between those two, but I think they are legitimate contenders in the AFC West, honestly, because the thing is, though, is like their defense is literally 10th in the league, like 10th across the board. And their defense is a top fifteen, de- like they're in the top half of the league of the defense, if not like right in the middle, like right around teams Their defense has improved ten, now I wouldn't say tenfold, but it's improved drastically over over this season compared to last season as well. And the thing is, though, is like, yeah, they fired their bigot, racist, um, uh, woman-hating head coach, and everybody kind of thought that all right, here's the downfall of the Raiders. Uh, I mean. Their interim head coach is 2-0 right now. Um, and the thing is, though, is like, yeah, they've got their bye week this week. But they've got their bye week this week, which really, you know, is a good space. It's a good place to have your bye week like right now. But at the same time, like, you know, Maybe if you have it, like, later in the season, like, it would help them given, like, you know, if in, barring any injuries happen. But the thing is, though, is look at their schedule. They still have to play two NFC, three, three NFC East teams, which, I mean, they should win two of those games. Uh, They should win two of those games. The only one I see them losing to is Dallas. I mean, I would as a Giants fan, I would love the, the Giants to, like, win games, but you know i mean it's very very interesting there okay yeah they have to play the bengals and they have to play the chargers again uh well they actually have to play the Char- yeah they have to play the chargers again but the thing is though is like i think looking at the schedule after their bye week i mean let's see they've got the giants chiefs bengals cowboys washington chiefs again cleveland denver indianapolis and the chargers so We've got four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So they're five and two right now. If they win five, if they go five if they go f- if they uh, let's see here. They always they go, go one on f- one.
1: They always go one on one against the Chiefs, no matter what.
0: So honestly, they need they can if they go six and four, seven and three, they could win the division, in my opinion. They can go if they go seven and three against the division, against the those 10 games, then the season they can win the division. If they go six and four, five and five, they'll make the playoffs no matter what, based on how the pit whole playoff picture is with the AFC. Because right now they're five and two, first in the division. They have the same record as the Bengals and the Ravens. Um, I mean, I really think that I. I mean, the only thing that I'm really concerned about with the Raiders are the injuries to Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs cannot stay healthy, and Darren and Darren Waller had an and Darren Waller was injured and did not play um, against the Eagles last week. I mean, it was the Eagles; they still found a way to win, um, but you know. Maybe that's a good thing that they have their bye week this week, given those injuries. So those two can recuperate and get healthy for the rest of of the season going forward from going, moving on. But, you know, like we said, it's a week to week league. I'm still confident in the Raiders thinking that they can actually get something done, you know, make the playoffs, potentially win the division. I know you'll disagree with me there. And I, you know, that's the greatness of uh, our podcast. We don't always have to agree with each other. We can have debates like this. Um. Uh, the only thing—the only thing is, is though—is I'm glad we're neither of us are like Stephen A. Smith, just like yelling into the microphone, be like, oh, right, 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 you're wrong." No,
1: yeah, I mean, we can have civil discussions here, but I still do think you're wrong. I think this is the Chargers' division to win. I mean, same with, same thing with the Raiders. The Char- you look at the Chargers' division, and or you look at the Chargers' uh, their next coming games you, it's hard to pick out a loss. I mean, they go Patriots, Eagles, Vikings, Steelers, Broncos. Then they finally see the Bengals on um, which could be a loss there, but then they got the giants, chiefs, Texans and Broncos, and then Raiders again. So, I mean, yeah. it, it really could come down to a, that week 18 game against the Raiders. If we're being completely honest, which would be make for great football because then it'll mean for meaningful football for both teams, trying to get the, to the top of their division. And trying to get a home playoff game at least. So, I mean, that would be exciting to see. But I'm I still on this fact that I think this is the Chargers division.
0: Yeah, we are going to disagree there. I do believe you, you could be right in terms of it having to go down to that Week 18 game there. But the thing is, though, is that we shall just see what happens there. And, like, you know, we'll see what happens. The week, the league changes by a, um, uh, week to week basis. We'll d- we'll continue to agree and uh, disagree on this up until the end of the season. Um, and w- but I mean, I really don't have anything else to discuss with the Raiders there. Um, I do have one more question, uh, for you about week seven there. Um, so that, so let me ask you this, who won week seven in my, in your honest opinion.
1: What do, you, what do you mean?
0: Who won Week 7? Like, who was the winner of Week 7, like, in terms of it, like, in terms of, like, where they stand right now compared to, like, other teams?
1: Uh, I, are you talking about right now the, the Chargers and the Raiders? So, you're talking about just all the teams?
0: Just all of the teams.
1: Or Tennessee.
0: Really? Okay, you're going to say Tennessee.
1: Okay. I would, yeah, I would say, I mean – I mean, it's hard be – yeah, I just have to say Tennessee won week seven just based on the fact of what they did to that Kansas City team when everyone still had kind of had hopes for this team. Or I guess we could say Cincinnati. I'm going to say Buffalo.
0: Okay, so I think Buffalo was the winner for week seven. Not just in the AFC, because I know we didn't talk about the NFC, and we really don't need to go into the NFC, really, honestly, uh, unless we want to talk about the Cardinals. But the thing is, though, is I think Buffalo won week seven, mainly because they, yes, they had their bye week, and their bye week was probably awake way too early in the season. But the thing is, though, is like, look around the AFC. Buffalo's four and two right now. And let's be honest. um, They have a pretty easy game against the dolphins coming up. Uh, I mean, their next three games are easy. They've got the dolphins, Jets, and Jaguars. Okay. Which should be three easy wins. And honestly, unless you actually like want to watch murders happen on live television, uh, I suggest that if that game is in your viewing area, like do something else with your life in the second half of the game. Like if the weather's not too bad, like maybe go for a walk or, you know, get some early Christmas shopping done or whatever. But I think that the Bills won Week 7 mainly because of, like, where they stand compared to the rest of the AFC. Yes, Tennessee won. Yes, the Bengals won. Yes, the Raiders won. Yes, the, Chief- the Chiefs lost, which makes Buffalo Bills fans and Patrick Mahomes haters uh, associated- that are associated with Bills Mafia happy, but that's not why I want to say the Bills won. Even though the Bengals and Titans won, think about it. The Ravens lost. We said that the Ra- everybody said that the Ravens were the class of the AFC. They lost to the Bengals. The- Not only is the, A- the AFC North wide open, but the A- whole AFC seating is wide open. The Raiders are five and two. Compared to the Bills, I don't think that I do think that the Raiders are playoff contenders and AFC West contenders, but compared their schedule to the Bills schedule, the Bills have the easiest schedule left in the rest of the league compared to the rest of the league. So I believe that even- so. Based off of where they stand with these other teams, the Bills have a better chance of getting a higher seed than the Raiders. The Bills have a high, better chance of getting a higher seed than the Bengals. The Bear, the Bills, yeah, the Bears, the Bears. No, the Bears are a joke. The Bills have a better. The Bills have a good to a good chance to get a high seed against the compared to as compared to the Ravens. Okay, the only team that could beat Buffalo. If Buffalo runs the table and this other team runs the table, is the Tennessee Titans because of that head-to-head matchup where the Tennessee Titans won? So I still think that Buffalo, like you know, even though Buffalo had their bye week, even though the AFC, the AFC is wide open for seeding, if you ask me, and Buffalo's still right there. If the Ravens had won, they would have a two-game lead over Buffalo. The tight, and honestly, like you know, everybody would be talking about how the Raven—it's the number one seed would be the Ravens to lose based on how their play, their style of play is bad. But because of that, I'm not. I think the Ravens lost. Um, uh, lost. They lost a little bit of ground. Buffalo gained some ground. Buffalo is in a good spot still. Bills fans, you have nothing to worry about. Um, and I'm pretty sure most of you got most of Bills Mafia didn't follow the rest of the league honestly because their team had the bye week. So, um, but that's where I stand. There. You should be happy, sir. I'm praising your team for like four weeks in a row.
1: I don't mean they deserve I mean, don't get they deserve the praise. I mean, this team has played outstanding football. Granted, we haven't beat really good team. Like, like you said, like after the bye week, I think we have the second easiest schedule in the NFL.
0: You have the easiest. Buffalo has the easiest schedule. I thought it was was
1: second easiest, but still It's it's
0: one of the two, but they should run the table with the schedule regardless. Yeah, I agree. Um That's why I think that they won week seven, because of how the the rest of the results played out in the AFC. They're right there still. I mean, I understand that there was some concern with like, you know, seeding potentials after that, after the loss against the Titans. But the thing is, though, is based on what happened week seven, it's like, hey, we still have a chance to get the top seed. We don't. We. It's not like. It's not like you know. Worrying about like where you stand after that in terms of like, hey, we'll probably be three or four. No, you still have a chance of being one or two, which means yeah, one gets you to buy. But the thing is though, is two gets you uh, at least two home. If you win your first two, gets two gets you two home games at least.
1: Yeah, I prefer you two home games with the buy.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, but yeah. So that's why I say Buffalo one week, seven and away. Um, uh, not solely because they didn't play, but because of results around the rest of the league. I mean, around the rest of the AFC. Um, honestly, I really don't want to go into the NFC, to be honest, because let's be honest here. Um, Cowboys had a bye week. Um, the Bucks demolished the Bears. The Cardinals are, the Cardinals are undefeated still. I mean, the only surprise to me, and this isn't even a surprise at this point. Well, actually, actually kind of is a surprise. It is, but it isn't where the Niners and the Seahawks stand. I mean, the Seahawks have the same record as the Giants. Both the Niners and the Seahawks have the same record as the Giants, if I'm correct. And the Giants weren't supposed to be playoff contenders. And the other two teams were supposed to be competing for either their division or for the wild card uh, alongside the Rams and Cardinals. Both of them are under 500. Both of them are facing scrutiny right now. I mean, granted, the Seattle Seahawks are without their quarterback, but their defense hasn't done anything to impress me, let alone anybody that has a brain and watches football. And the Niners have a problem, and the Niners have a problem at quarterback, if you ask me, as well. Yes, there's his healthy, but the thing is, though, he looks like he doesn't know how to throw a football half the time, um, and. I, like I said, I, we can go into it with the Niners and Seahawks, but they, those two teams have been just disappointing all around all season, uh, all, all around the season, which uh, to my shock, I mean, barring a Russell Wilson, well, even with a healthy Russell Wilson, I still think the Seahawks would not be an impressive team in the, uh, to watch and take notice of in the NFC.
1: No, I mean, I agree. I mean, it, it, it all comes down to that defense – and terrible coaching because it seems like all Seattle wants to do is just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Granted, I know they have Geno Smith as their quarterback, but even when they had Russell Wilson under center, it was okay. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I don't know what Pete Carroll's got. I don't know what Pete Carroll's thinking. He may not be thinking at all, honestly. But the thing is, though, is like it's just insa- like it's just kind of insanity out to watch, like to see like that, to see those teams like where they're at, especially like the Seahawks. I mean, like, you know, over the past like decade, I mean, they made two Super Bowls. They won one. They've been in contention for not only for their pl- for for playoffs, but also for the West Division crown in the NFC. And then the Niners, they just made the Super Bowl two seasons ago and look at where they're at now. I mean, it's like watching the Eagles um, uh, after they won it all in 2017 and how they just fell from grace, uh, it's just pure madness and insanity there. I mean, um, I, I will admit, um, uh, watching that Monday night football game was terrible to watch, honestly. I mean, the only reason why I watched it was because I had the Manning cast on, not the actual broadcast, so it was more along the lines of me like watching like Peyton, like the Mannings, uh, You know, just discuss, like, have conversations not only with themselves but with their guests. And the game was on in the background, like, I was watching people watch football. That's what was more fun. that, That was more fun than watching the actual game there on Monday night. That's how bad the Seahawks are. That's the that practically defines their season right there. Um, I wish NBC had something like that for the Sunday night game between the Colts and Niners because. That game, I mean, it was like it turned out to be a complete shit show. The weather obviously wasn't uh, help contribute anything there with how terrible the rain was, but yeah, it, it's it's crazy to like you know see those two teams and. Everybody was like, "Oh, in the beginning, like before the season started, oh, the NFC West, like it's going to be a four-team race. It's going to be the most competitive division in football." And here we are, where two teams look like they're bottom feeders and belong in the NFC East, in the NFC East, than they do in the NFC West.
1: Yeah, I, I just completely agree with everything you say. To be completely honest, I mean, there's. I don't think I can add anything meaningful to that because I think everything you just said is correct.
0: All right. Fair enough, then we're going to be moving on then. Cause like I said, there really isn't anything else I care to talk about in the NFC. No, it just, I mean, yeah,
1: that I, I mean, the NFC is just, you clearly got your top dogs in the Rams, Cardinals, Bucks, the Packers and Dallas. And then other than that, everything seems like a question mark.
0: Six and seven, like are up for grabs top five, like six and seven are up for grabs. The division like it's pretty much like the divisions are pretty much decided for the most part. It's just a matter of who takes those six and seven wild card spots. Because you mentioned the Packers and the Rams I mean, yeah, the Packers, the Cardinals and the Rams. They're both in the West. One of them will take the West. The other one will take the wild a wild card a wild card spot, which will be insane because like if both of those teams like continue on the stretch that they're on, I mean, you know you could see like a team with like 13 wins at the five seed having to go to to, like, uh, like, you know, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because it's not like that they would be going to a team with nine wins as the four seed because the rest of like the other teams that we mentioned, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and, um, uh, and Dallas, like they're all pretty much top dogs in the NFC. So it wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, to be a 13-win team, go on the road, you could face another 13-win team.
1: Yeah, I mean, the playoffs for the NFC, um, you're, you're really probably, I would assume, the four teams that finished top of their division, I would assume are all going to be meeting in the NFC. The, the Divisional round. Divisional round, yeah. I'm assuming the four teams that win their conferences will be meeting there. Because I mean, I I, I think this—they're the Saints. Yes, are a four and two team, but I do not think the Saints are good at all. No, the Saints I, are I, frauds. Yeah, I think they lost just, to
0: the Giants for fuck's sake.
1: Yeah, I think they're just kind of hanging out there and just getting. I mean, they did blow the Packers out in Week One, but I mean, what what have we said? We said Week One, you can't take anything overreaction. Face value. Yeah, yeah, and they haven't beat anyone great yet i mean they get to see the bucks um this week and i think the bucks will kill them uh i I could genuinely see them losing to the falcons and they got tennessee and then fort and then we get the bills get them on thanksgiving i i i think i would say that um the vikings are a better a better team than the the Saints are, and I, the Vikings have one. They're three and three, whereas the Saints are four and two. And I would still put the Vikings ahead of the Saints.
0: I think the Vikings are a better team. They just had some bad luck. I mean, they almost they on they probably should have beaten the Cardinals. That game was a shootout to the very end. Um, their defense has done pretty exceptional. Kirk Cousins like isn't playing out like he, he's not doing anything spectacular, but he's being a game manager quarterback where he's doing what he needs to get done on offense. Um. Yeah, I mean like you, like I said, the rest of the NFC is a question mark. They're all either under 500 and close to being of playoff contention or it's just like okay, like you're just good enough to be in the um, uh, in the six and seven spots. You, you know the, you the a, you're
1: just a placeholder to get to the next week of playoffs basically.
0: Pretty much. I mean, I mean let's, I mean you know what my joke is is I said this to somebody and I said, you know, okay, Giants are two and five. Let's take a look at the rest at the NFC standings. Yeah, we're terrible. Oh, we're like four. We're of only three games out of the seventh seed. What the fuck? We're two and five. This is an this is ridiculous. Yeah, no, we the should.
1: The NFC be... is a complete joke this year, comp- compared to the AFC.
0: Agreed. I agree wholeheartedly. But yeah, I don't want it But um, uh, yeah, no. I mean, I think we pretty much have everything settled. Everything with the uh, week seven recap going into week eight. There, so I do want to debut our new segment called the NFL Weekly Wager, where we pick a few games in the National Football League, and we just provide the betting info and what we think you should bet here. I picked a couple of games. Jake picked a couple games as well. He also picked a couple games more than I did, mainly because we were all looking at the same game. We we looked at the games – and we're like, all right, these are good matchups that, like, you yeah, know. Try, we're trying to pick here. the most interesting matchups. Exactly. We're not trying to tell you to pick, like, uh, the Eagles and the Lions, honestly, because that, uh, that that's a game there that I wouldn't touch with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole. And if that game is in your viewing area, I would recommend doing something else with your Sunday. Like I said, go outside. Go for a walk. Go do some early Christmas shopping, okay? The holidays are coming. I'd say do something fall-related, but – Actually, no. It'll be Halloween. Go buy a pumpkin. Go trick-or-treating. Go to a Halloween party. Go do something. I don't know. But, um, uh, sir, I'll let you start our new segment off.
1: All right. So what me and Jamie want to do here is just basically get into some gambling Um, for if any of you guys are interested in us list- or listening about gambling and whatnot. but uh, Yeah, we'll you start- do,
0: Jens. We're here for you.
1: Yeah, we're here for you guys to help you out. So first, we're going to kick it off to we're going to go just a Buffalo-Miami game. Um, right now, Buffalo is 13 and a half point favorites against Miami, which I would take that all day. I think the Buffalo Bills are absolutely going to kill Miami. So I am completely taking that. I'm taking the 13 and a half on Buffalo, and I'm running out of there because I can guarantee you that the way this Miami team has looked, this game is going to be a grade A shit show. Oh, the yeah, over... it's going to be a shit show. Yeah, the over under of this game right now is 49.5. Um, and I am actually, so earlier I was thinking about taking the under to it, but I am going to take the over. I think the bills are at least going to put up probably, I would say 45 points and Miami. I'll give them. I know last time we shut them out. It's hard to shut out teams in the NFL. Um, I think Miami at least scores a touchdown. So I would take the over on that game just because I think the bills are going to score so much. And if Miami can just get one or two touchdowns, it will push this game over because 49 it, 49 and a half is low. So I, if I was you, I would definitely hit that as well. But yeah, definitely taking the Bills spread at 13 and a half. I'm definitely taking the over on that game.
0: I will agree with you on that. I feel like the bills will just run right over Miami. Um, Tua honestly looks like a scared dog against the bills. I mean, we all know what happened the last time they played here, Buffalo knocked him out of the game. He ended up being put on IR for three weeks. Um, I mean, and Buffalo just happens to be dominant against Miami. What only one loss in their last like seven games against the Dolphins. So Josh Allen and company will have a field day at the office. Um, honestly, you know coming, home, and coming
1: home off a off a loss and then into a Oh, they They're week. gonna be
0: angry. They're gonna be angry. This Bills team is gonna be angry. Honestly, they're just gonna start firing on all cylinders early on. I say honestly, if you're going honestly, if you're going to the game. You might as well just leave at halftime and enjoy the rest of your Halloween and go to a Halloween party or something, honestly. Uh, yeah, take the Bills minus thirteen and a half, take the over uh forty forty-nine and a half. Um, but yeah, no. Next game we have here are is in my opinion, the game of the week. On paper. The six and one Green Bay Packers taking on the undefeated Arizona Cardinals.
1: So even though got- this game, unfortunately, we will not see Devontae Adams or Alan Lazard or J.J. Watt. Yes. So this
0: game is, honestly, I'm going to take the Cardinals here. I'm going to take the Cardinals here minus six and a half. I I feel like it's a bit of a risk there. I mean, granted, the uh, Packers won't have their top wideouts, but the thing is, though, is Aaron Rodgers will still find a way to win. I could still find a way to be in, in this game competitively also. Um, I know that Arizona is gaining Chandler Jones back, and, and they are losing J.J. Watt. He's out. But the thing is, though, is Green Bay still has Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones is obviously a top running back in the league. So I will take the Cardinals six and a half. I'm not too confident there. The over-under is 50 and, eight, 50 and a half. Um, sir, you thinking the over here or the under?
1: Um, I'm taking the over here. I do think this is going to be a shootout, but I am going to take Green Bay. I think Green Bay will cover that six and a half spread, but I also do think Green Bay, Arizona's due for a loss. I am sorry, and I think it is going to come at the hands of Aaron Rodgers. Um, I really do think Robert Tanyan is going to have, I mean, he is a great tight end. Um, He's been one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite weapons, minus Devontae Adams all season, and I think Robert Tanyan is just going to have an absolute breakout game here. I think Green Bay does win this game. Therefore, they will cover the spread, so I would take Green Bay in this. I like Green Bay. But I do like the over because I do think this game is going to be a shootout. I mean, they have two explosive offenses, and it, we're going to be up for a lot of points, folks. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so we're divided on who's going to win the
0: game and we're taking the spread. But we agree to take the over there. All right, we are going to move on to our next game, which is another, to, uh, another top game, honestly. Uh, and when you really think about it, a matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay is favored by five and a half points and the over under is an even 50. All right, sir. Where are you? Where are you thinking with this game?
1: Um, I, I think this game is going to be, I generally think this game it's going to be the Buccaneers game to win, but I don't think, I think it's probably by at least a field goal. I am going to take the five and a half uh, on new Orleans. I'm going to take them to cover their spread. I don't think they're going to win the game, but they're definitely going to cover for sure. The over-under at 50, I like the over as well. I mean, always got to go for the, this game. I genuinely do think, like I said, Tampa Bay's offense right now just looks like they can't be stopped. Um, Jameis Winston, if you, it, it depends on what Jameis Winston you get. Um, but clearly, he hasn't had a turnover in his last four games. Exactly, but clearly divisional opponents here. Um, those games, they know always, they They it's just divisional games is always hard. It's hard to be two teams or two, it's hard to win two times against a team in your division throughout a season. I think New Orleans keeps this close, um, but I do think that the over fifty is going to hit in this game just based on the fact at that Buccaneers offense and New Orleans is just going to do everything they can to just keep up with them. Um, but yeah, I would take the five and a half on New Orleans and the over for sure.
0: All right. I'm going to be with you on the over. Um, I'm going to take Tampa Bay minus five and a half, honestly. So we're going to be divided once again. Um, New Orleans has a solid defense. But the thing is, though, is I think it will be a close game. I think Tampa Bay would only win by about 10. I think they'll win by 10, honestly. Um, uh, ten, I think they'll win by 10 at least. So that's why I'm taking Tampa Bay minus five and a half. But if they, so if they win by at least 10, they can still cover the spread. I do think it'll be close going into the fourth quarter. But then in the fourth, I believe that Tampa Bay will just be too much for them. Um, so I really think that, in my opinion, definitely take the over of 50. Uh, but in my opinion, take Tampa Bay covering the spread at minus five and a half. We are divided on that there as well. Uh, But going into our next game, we've got Pittsburgh at the Cleveland Browns. The over-under is 42.5, and and, uh, the Cleveland Browns are favorites at minus 3.5. I only think that they're favorites in this game because of home field advantage, I don't think. Um, I really do think that these teams are practically even, given the state of both teams right now, given Cleveland and their injuries, and Pittsburgh with how kind of inconsistent they are. But this game here has implications not only for AFC North status but also you know just for the AFC playoff picture in general. Um, it's always a tough game um, uh, Last season when they met in the playoffs it, t- it ended up just being a route by the Browns but given the hiss, given the base given the status of how these teams are right now, uh, like I said especially with the injuries to, to the Browns, I'm going to take the under of 42 and a half in this one, which I mean, like I had the conversation with you earlier about joking, always take the over, but I think the over, I think the over, I mean, I think the under is going to be hit here. And I'm also going to take the Steelers in this one. Um, I just think that they're going to win, to be honest. I mean, Cleveland with their injuries, I mean Nick Chubb is questionable. I mean it's most likely that he will come back and play, but we don't know how healthy he is. Um and at the same time like Baker Mayfield with that like labrum issue on his non-throwing shoulder. I mean that's definitely an issue there. Um so we don't know if he will ha- I mean he'll probably he will have those issues during the game, but the thing is uh, will he aggravate it even more? And also I mean the Steelers defense like You know, divisional opponents—they tend to know each other very well. Um, So, I think the Steelers' defense and their offense—they do just enough to get a to get a win in Cleveland, and that's why I'm taking them. I'm taking them plus three and a half just to be safe. Uh, But Pittsburgh will win this game, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree with both things you said. I think this game is going to be a defensive battle. Um, I know the over/under is low, but I still think it's going to be under. And I do think that the Steelers are going to win straight up as well. Um, so we are going to have to agree there on both of those.
0: Yeah, so my thing is is that going next, I mean, in terms of it, our, in terms of our segment here, I think that, honestly, like, you know, I do want to talk about a couple more games here. So I first want to talk about the Giants and Chiefs game where the over-under is 52-and-a-half. And the Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites there. Um, I'm going to take the over in this game mainly because I think that this game will it will be a high scoring game just because of how terrible. Like if you if the Giants let Daniel Jones just be Daniel Jones, um, based on how he's been playing, the Giants will be able to keep up with the Chiefs just because of how bad the Chiefs' defense is. Um, and the thing is though, is like the giants defense, like they're doing enough where they should be able to keep the chiefs intact. But the thing is though, it's still like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, you still got the offensive weapons there. I think that it'll be like, it definitely will hit the over, but I said, my hot take the giants are going to win this game. I'm taking the giants plus nine and a half.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I'm gonna I'm taking the under on this game just because I do not see uh, just the way both these teams have been playing as of late. I don't see this being a high-scoring game at all. Um, I do think I do think the Chiefs will win this game, but I am taking I am taking the Chargers or Chargers, idiot, the Giants spread on this game for sure. Um, I just don't really. I I'm just gonna have to take that as much as i would love them to win i don't think they're gonna win but they're definitely gonna cover but i'm unfortunately gonna to have to take the under on this game
0: hey good teams don't good team good teams win great teams cover okay exactly
1: so exactly. if the giants
0: cover they're a great
1: team i mean hey that, that's all that matters right to, to all of the degenerates out there that's yeah, all that matters that, is that the team be... they bet on covers that's exactly what matters
0: exactly but then of course we've got the lock of the week Our last game in this segment. All right. I have easy money for you here. So listen, listen, listen. All right. Be ready to roll here with this lock of the week. Bengals minus 10 and a half. Okay. They're playing the Jets. Okay. The Bengals are a legit team. The Jets are a dumpster fire. Honestly, I mean, you have... You have Zach. They're going up against a team that doesn't even have their starting quarterback. Zach Wilson is out for two to four weeks. They traded for Joe Flacco. He's not starting. So the backup is starting. And last week, Mac Jones cooked them. He made Mac Jones and the New England Patriots made the Jets look sick. Okay, so if Mac Jones can do what he did to the New York Jets, imagine what Joe Burrow is going to do. Okay, so you might as well just go bet Bengals minus ten and a half in this game. Okay, that's your e- thats the easy money there. I would, I honestly, like, you know, after the game, after the game, just check the results, see what happens. It's gonna be easy money if this game is on in your viewing area. I wouldn't recommend watching it. Once again, go do something else with your Sunday. Okay, easy money, cash that money, cash that bet, make that dough, easy money.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. That is very easy money. I mean, this Jets team is just an absolute dumpster fire of a football team. Um, I they should just put them, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, in, in just like a three a three team league together and just put them in there and let all those three teams play all season because I guarantee you, neither one of those teams would win enough games to still make playoffs. Um, relegate them all to um, uh,
0: relegate them all to like. League Two in the uh, English Football League.
1: If you put them in, put them in the ACC. I don't think they would win a game. Um, but yeah, hammer the Bengals at minus. No, they could. They, Clemson is terrible this season. They will definitely They're, win a game in the ACC. I don't know about that. I still think that shitty Clemson team is better than the three teams I just named. <laughs> but yeah, take, definitely take the over in this game just because Joe Burrow is gonna and Jamar Chase is gonna go crazy against this Jets defense. And definitely Cincinnati at minus 10 and a half has to be a lock.
0: Yep, minus 10 and a half, lock of the week, easy money, bet that, cash that money, get the money. All right, tell the tell, tell them that the Lonely Hearts Sports Podcast sent you. They probably won't know who we are, but it's all good. But, you know, I'm glad we did this segment here. We'll continue doing this every week. Um, uh, we're just happy that we were finally able to debut a new segment as well. But enough football talk, well, NFL talk. Now let's get into some real football. And by that, I mean European football, European soccer. We have had a wild few days in European soccer. We're going to start with Sunday, last Sunday, the 24th, okay? And we'll go up into, and then I know that there was some wild upsets today as well. But we'll start with Sunday again. All right, you had four matchups in European soccer that you know pretty much marked the calendar down for every year for the most part you had el clasico between barcelona and real madrid you excuse me you had inter milan versus juventus the Dar- the derby Dar- the d'italia you had le clasique versus which is marseille versus psg and you had the Merseyside derby liverpool versus manchester united and i know that um before we before we go into it, um, you get your soapbox moments, sir. You
1: get a couple minutes. Go right ahead. Um, so I pray to God every single night before I go to bed that you guys do not sack Ole because he is doing wonders for this team. He is making me <laughs> as a little fan happy. Um, he needs to stay around. He is a man of the people. He knows what the people want. Um, I would say keep him around. Thank you for letting Mo Salah just absolutely make your team look like a great A dog shit B team uh, because it was just Sunday was just embarrassing to be completely honest. Um, I mean, five to th- th- this is always a game. Like you said, people always marking their calendars looking forward to. And just with how many people are probably watching this game and the absolute thrashing that Liverpool put on your Man United squad. I mean I was I was basically right kind of I think I said last week I said what 3 to 1 4 you to 1 You said 3 to we, 1 but you called Salah scoring a hat trick All right so I am pretty like I, like we say folks we don't know we don't know a lot but we know most
0: Exactly um, I mean I was way off in my I was way off I was riding the high of Atalanta but the thing is though as I did say I did say it Imagine being 2 0 down to Liverpool like they were to Atalanta. That wasn't going to happen like that. They were going to get killed. So I technically was right. I just wasn't, I just didn't actually see it happening. I, um, uh, you know, I don't even know what to say, honestly. I mean, it's just a complete disaster. I went out to Syracuse. Um, uh, there's a place out in Syracuse called Wolf's beer Garden. It's a German beer hall, they show a lot of soccer games. Uh, it's pretty much a soccer bar. Um, they open up at they open up at nine they open up at like eight seven a.m. on Saturdays nine a.m. on Sundays they start they get all the games going on their TVs and everything. So I go there sa- Sunday with some friends of mine. One of them is a United fan, an- an- another one's a Liverpool fan. I mean, we're just watching the game. Five minutes in, we're conceding. We're one nil down. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, then we're two nil down. Then we get to, I said, if we get to 3 0, let's see where we're at at halftime to my one friend um, uh, who's a United fan. So 4 0 down at halftime, I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. This is bad. This was terrible. So, like, because the only thing that I found hilarity in was, and I had this, and I had a conversation with you about this was, I, I don't get what's so hard about Liverpool's, Liverpool fans having to sing the Mo Salah song because it's literally simple. It's Mo Salah, da-da-da-da. But they were singing it like Mo. They couldn't get in sync. They were singing doo-doo-doo. I'm
1: like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, like it's I was trying simple. to laugh. Like it's I was – go ahead. Mo Salah, Mo Salah running down the wing, the Egyptian king. That's all it is. I, yeah, if, and you, then, if you mess that up, it's not that hard. No,
0: exactly. It's Mo Salah da, 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 running down the wing, the Egyptian king. Like, I know the song. I have heard the song. I like Mo Salah. Okay. I hate that Mo Salah scored a hat trick against us, though. But the thing is, though, is I can like, I like other players in the league. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. I loved it. I loved David Silva when he was at Man City for 10 years, although I hated him when he played against United. But the Mo Salah thing is, Ballon d'Or
1: candidate this year, you think? You think he's making a case for it?
0: Well, Salah is a Ballon d'Or candidate. Do well, clearly, think he's a
1: candidate. I do you think he has a chance to actually win it because we know how kind of rigged that trophy is.
0: That award is a popularity contest in France. Football is outside of F- outside of FIFA, the IOC, and the United States government. France football is one of the most corrupt organizations in the world. Okay. Uh, by the way, not got, by the way, this may or may not be the last podcast of uh, episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast based on that comment I made. But hmm. um, uh, but yeah, no, it's a popularity contest. My honest opinion, Robert Lewandowski should get the Ballon d'Or because he got fucked out of one in 2020 after dominating the Bundesliga again for Bayern Munich and also carrying, carrying Bayern Munich to uh, a treble and also Club World Cup glory. Um, this year is very different, honestly, because it was a year of an international tournament. Whereas Mo Salah did not, they didn't have. Yeah, African Cup of Nations didn't happen this year. It's happen didn't happen this year. It's happening in twenty twenty two, correct? Winter twenty twenty two. Yes. Okay. So in so in a couple months it will be happening. So he, I don't think that helps him there. Um, uh, although his start to the season definitely does help for Liverpool. I mean, for him in his case, obviously it helps Liverpool too, given, given where they are in the table. Um, but I think that the can, the top two are still messy given what he did for Argentina and also what he did on a shit Barcelona team. But Lewandowski is also up there still too, mainly because, I mean, he dominates the Bundesliga, um, with his contributions and goals and assists. Um, uh, obviously, uh, obviously they didn't partake so well in, uh, Cup competition and in the Champions League compared to 2020, but he still did enough, in my opinion, to be a contender. Moussaala, his betting odds are increasing though as he, as the days go on. But I don't know. Like I said, France football is corrupt. The Ballon d'Or is a popularity contest. They'll somehow find a way to have Messi and Ronaldo in the top three, and it just won't even make any sense to me. So. <laughs>
1: But, but yeah, they they always seem to find a way into the top three, even if they don't deserve it. In some cases,
0: exactly. Messi didn't deserve to be in the top three. To one year, he was top. He was fifth, and everybody lost their shit. And I'm like, no, he didn't deserve to be there. Calm down. Like you don't know how the Ballon d'Or works. But I mean, the thing is, though, is like, yeah, no, that game was terrible. And the thing is, though, is like the like the state of Man United was is just like. I, you know, in disarray, honestly, I mean, it's insanity. Like to think like a top squad like that. I mean, we had this discussion like last week. I don't really need to go too much in depth with that. Um, they have a top squad. Um, obviously their defense kind of is in shambles and it's as if the defenders aren't trying, I mean, but with who they have in their squad, their man, like he's out of his depths. And if you ask me, I mean, you've thought we all thought that the squad, like with the improvements that the squad made on paper, like they would be able to actually compete for not only the Premier League, but also other cup competitions. But this team looks like I said this this team looks like Chelsea under Frank Lampard top squad, but a manager that's way out of his depths and probably should be managing in like, I don't know, League One. MLS maybe I don't the the Ukrainian league I I I don't I don't know I mean yeah when Oli was hired like to replace Mourinho yeah we all wanted him to succeed like well not all of us I mean United fans by that but Man United fans wanted him to succeed the romance was there but the thing is though football the game of soccer like all sports you know only the strong survive the romance is dead it's brutalized it's like it was, it was killed. Um, and that should have been the final nail in the coffin. But instead we have El go coming up on uh Saturday um, between Tottenham and United, where whoever loses is most likely going to get fired in my honest opinion. But that's where I stand there with that. I don't really want to go too much in depth about United. It'll just frustrate me. But um, going off of that there, um, not much like, you know, we talked about uh, the other games on Sunday. El Clasico actually kind of lived, uh, I wouldn't say it lived up to the hype. It was the first El Clasico without both Messi and Ronaldo, without Messi and or Ronaldo in it for like, uh, what, six, 17 years, something like that. 17, 16, 17 years, going back to like 2004, 2005. But the thing is, though, is like, you had a Barcelona team that's very that was struggling like all season. They've been struggling for the past like year and a half. They just fired their coach today. They did just fire their coach today. I was gonna get into that later, but yes, that, um, uh, Real Madrid. I mean, like you know, they yeah they lost Ronaldo, but they still look like a top team in La Liga, competing for the La Liga title. So I wasn't surprised to see Real Madrid win that's their fourth straight classical win as well which which ties their longest streak which goes back to the 1960s so i mean i watched the, i watched it cuz it was on in the bar but i wasn't impressed by it at all honestly because barcelona like you know they they didn't play too well the only good thing the only good thing i got out of it was seeing fans back in the stands like at the new camp that was that was about it i mean albus scored a great goal and I, you know, okay. Yeah. They, real Madrid scored a second Barcelona scored one, like, you know, consolation, but it wasn't an It wasn't a great game of football. Like I think El Clasico in terms of the, the rivalry now, like it's, it's losing its luster in a way because of how insignificant Barcelona is and how real Madrid really hasn't, you know, been competing for the top honors, like as of late themselves, like, so, uh, like, it's, it's going down the list in terms of the great rivalries in, in, in sport.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunately just coming. It, it's Barcelona's fault for what they did with their finances and everything. I still think Real is still a decent squad. Uh, what I call them like, a top squad like the UC where it's like if you saw Real and, like, the Champions League, you would be scared to play them. Um, This, this, the El Clasico doesn't hold as much meaning as it used to just based on the fact that Messi carried La Liga for years and just no one wanted to talk about it, and now you're seeing that demise of it now that Messi is gone.
0: Oh, agreed. Agreed. That era is dead in the water. It's gone um, obviously it was gone when Ronaldo, uh, the era of Messi and Ronaldo and La Liga is gone. Obviously it ended in 2018 after Ronaldo left for Juventus, Messi tried to carry La Liga as far as he could after that. But, and the real losers in this are the networks actually, because now, <laughs> because ESPN mainly here in the United States, well, actually worldwide too, actually, for the most part, I believe, um, uh, well, not worldwide, but in the United States, at least, um, they acquired the rights to law league of thinking that they were going to showcase off, pro- like, probably, like, quite possibly the greatest player of all time in, your- in soccer, but <laughs> when he left for PSG, like, there goes, like, there goes their coverage, like, there goes, like, okay, like, we need to figure out who else to talk about, and yeah, they have experts and everything to talk- figure out who to talk about, but, like, everybody else is like a class below Messi um, and now Messi's playing in a league that doesn't even have like great coverage in the like in terms of like worldwide um uh, in terms of like worldwide broadcasting <laughs> so so it, it's just a lose it's just a lose-lose there in a way but um uh, yeah I speaking of Messi and his current club PSG they played uh, Marseille and Le Classique and honestly like <clears throat> It was a, it it was a doozy nil nil draw. The most excitement that I saw out of out of uh, out of that there was uh, Neymar having to, having to be protected by the riot squad every time he took a corner because apparently Marseille fans were were prepared to throw objects at him. But that's also because French football fans are insane with their ultras and they will just throw flares and anything that they they can get their fucking hands on and you know which is insanity if you ask me so there's not really much for me to talk about in a boring nil nil draw where if you watch that if you watch that game a game like that then you wasted two hours of your life
1: yeah nope thankfully I didn't watch that game I I didn't either I was tuned in because I went was down in Columbus this past weekend we went to an Irish uh, pub that it must have been a soccer bar as well because they had the games, they had El Clasico on and they had uh, United and Liverpool on. So I got to watch both those games. It was cool because the bar was packed with all four different teams' fans, which was fun to see. But I did not, thankfully, I did not get to see that.
0: Yeah, no, thankfully, I did not either. I caught some highlights of it. Well, whatever the highlights of, all of the lowlights were, if you ask me. But um, yeah, so I want to shift our attention from uh, to the last um, uh, part of Sunday and the wildness that occurred in Syria. While while the rest of the world was watching either El Clasico or Liverpool Transman United, there were games in Italy, obviously the Derby d'Italia. Which was a one-one draw between Inter Milan and Juventus, and then there was another derby between. I don't know. Um. um I don't know what the derby is called between Roma and Napoli. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to try and butcher it either. But they played to a nil-nil draw. But that's not even the crazy part of the of of what happened in Syria. Honestly, the crazy part of Syria is that four different managers in Syria got sent off. Four. Okay. Four different managers, including both managers in the Roma Napoli game. Okay, you had Atalanta coach Gian Piero Gasparini get sent off in a in the game in the earlier game against Udinese, and Jose Mourinho and Luciano Spalletti got sent off when Roma played Napoli, and then and then uh, Inter Milan's uh, coach Simone Ngazi Got sent off in the in the uh, Inter Milan Juventus game, and the thing is though is that they were all wondering why they got sent off. It's a, it um it, it was pure insanity to to find out that like. Four managers in the same league on the same day got sent off. Now, I find Mourinho's hilarious, to be honest, because he had already got, he didn't get a straight red compared to the other managers. He got a yellow card in the 19th minute, which means he got a second yellow because he decided to continue to berate a referee.
1: Yeah, I mean, his was warranted, but I was looking into the other three. Um and it basically also said the same thing as they don't know why they were sent off and there was no explanation ever given to them for just a straight red, which is just crazy to see. Like I get, I, I guess that would be normal, like once in a while for it to happen, like here and there, just a matter of gets sent off and like you're kind of wondering why. But it happened in the same league on the same day to three different managers. Four. Well, four. But I'm saying we kind of know why Mourinho was. With but having yeah, the so and
0: then- three managers got three straight reds. So, yeah. so, excuse me. So, it seems that N'Gazi got sent off mainly because he completely lost his cool after a, after a penalty was awarded to Juventus in the final minutes of the Derby d'Italia. And honestly, N'Gazi didn't take the ref's decision well likely. He threw his He threw threw a training bib on the floor. He started screaming at the ref, and then the ref showed him a straight red card. I mean, honestly, so I can see, like, why that one happened. If you're starting to scream at the ref and you're – and then if you are, you know, just throwing things like a – pretty much in a tantrum there, then that makes sense there in a way. But –
1: I I just don't like them knocking the explanation is my issue with
0: it. Oh, yeah, no. The Italian refs are terrible in terms of being transparent and having communication and openness in terms of saying, hey, this is why you're getting sent off. Instead, they just, you know, pull out the card and point to the stands and say get out, which is insanity, like in my – which is insanity if you ask me. I mean, this is why I can't – I mean, like I try to watch Serie A games as much as I can, but the refs, like they give themselves too much power – in terms of like, you know, trying to call a game, which is ridiculous. I mean, you know, we complain about how the, we talk, we complain about refs in all sports, honestly. I mean, we complain about the refs in the NFL and the NHL and then uh, in basketball and the umpires in baseball, because they can't call balls and strikes. They call too many fouls. They don't call this. They don't call that. They throw too many flags. And even in the premier league, um, uh, we complain about how refs are in terms of well, they let this happen, but they call this and blah 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 and whatever there. But the thing is, though, it seems like the Italian referees and Syri- like the Italian referees, like they're the refs in Syria. They're they're terrible. They don't have commu- an open plan of communication between managers, um, uh, w- compared to refs in other leagues. I mean. Uh, I mean, Germany, it's, especially in Germany, it seems like they kind of just let it be physical, let the gameplay be physical, and they kind of let things go with the flow and let them play. I mean, England, they have they try to get better. But the thing is, though, is like you still have referees like Martin Atkinson and Mike Dean who just do not give a fuck at all, which is very frustrating to watch, especially if your team is being refed in a game refed by one of them. I don't know about you, but whenever I see Martin Atkinson or Mike Dean like refing a Man United game, I mean, I'm just like, OK, you're going to be a complete shithouse. Fuck this. This is going to be terrible.
1: Yeah, no. Mike Dean is always talking atrocious. Whenever he rests for Liverpool, everything that he calls always seems to go against them. I know I complained last year. People always complaining about the refs, but it is very noticeable. Oh no, Mike Dean.
0: Mike Dean I think Mike Dean hey I don't think I wouldn't say Mike Dean hates Liverpool but he does support a Liverpool based team called Tranmere Rovers so that may be that may play part of it honestly um uh, I don't want to stir spec stir, stir the pot and start speculation there but I'm starting to think that that's what could be the case there but yeah um the the referees in Syria and the Italian football association. They really need to figure it out and get their shit together with transparency and communication. Um, but I mean, if you want to continue sending managers off for shits and giggles with no explanation why, you can be my guest and do that. I mean, just to, just just find just figure out a way to say, hey, they got sent off. I, I, I found this out like seven hours after the fact, and then what annoyed me is I couldn't find any explanation as to why, or I couldn't even find anything on social media saying, hey, they, this happened. They got sent off. I had I, I had to, like, I was doing, a, I was taking a look at, like, my foot mob app, and I saw it, and I'm like, are you kidding me? How did I, what happened here? So, like, even, the, even like, the uh, social media coverage or, like, even media coverage of, like, you know, the league needs to improve. I understand that, like, it's not the most popular of leagues, given the history of Scandal, but the thing is, though, it's still a top five league in Europe. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, you got to be better. At least give an explanation for it and not just kind of just leave it be. You need to – if you're going to do it for no reason, you need to at least fess up and be, say why. Whether you are right or wrong, clearly you're human. Everyone makes mistakes. Um, but at least give an explanation for yourself.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Um. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, I do want to go fast forward to today where there was some wild upsets in um, – uh, just in Europe in general, not like, well, there was a couple, uh, there was a league upset and then a couple cup competition upsets. Uh, so we talked earlier about, uh, Manchester United losing to Liverpool five nil, but Bayern Munich today lost five nil to Borussia Mönchengladbach, which is considering more shocking considering it was the third round of the German, of, uh, their, of the German cup of the German, uh, cup competition, the D the pulp, the DFB Pokal. Um, and Bayern Munich usually they don't start their first team in like the earlier rounds of the of the cup competition, but they did. And Bruce and Gladbach just made them look silly. It was five 0 before the hour mark.
1: Yeah. Was pretty- I when I had seen they were down five nothing, I'd check because I'm like, there's no way they played their main squad. And then I looked, I'm like, they they did. Yeah,
0: they were down five 0 before the hour mark it's pretty much like it's like the spider-man meme where you see like the spider-man's pointing at each other and like one spider-man is uh, Bayern Munich and the other spider-man is Manchester United or it's like that handshake meme like you see Bayern Munich on one side Man United and then below there it's like being down five mil after after before 60 minutes and it's like damn are we just like looking at a mirror here okay but I, that was shocking there um Juventus losing to Cesulo. Um uh, <laughs> late literally like last kick of the match practically. Um Juventus, like they have not done well in Serie A to start their season. Um, but Cesulo, they hadn't won at Juventus in like over a decade. That was their first win in almost in over a decade at Juventus, which is which insan- which insanity might be the word of the day, honestly, in this podcast, because a lot of the stuff we're talking about, like, you know, just like seems that you don't think would happen, um, but yeah, they won practically the last kick of the game. Great to great to see there, honestly, because I am not a Juventus fan. Um, I just don't like the club. They do have a history of scandal. Um, I also am not a fan of Andrea Agnelli, their um, uh, controlling owner for the most part. He, I believe, he's a very shady person. Uh, I also do. He was also primarily behind the European Super League. So, I'm not a huge fan of him, not a huge fan of Juventus. Glad that they lost there. Also, I want Milan to win the Serie A. So, the more like Milan's rivals lose, like Juventus, like Roma, like Inter, and well, Napoli, like they're staying, they're pretty much like one and two right now. But the more like the rest of the league, like, you know, starts to falter, the more improved chance Milan has of winning Serie A there.
1: Yeah, I I'm, mean, I'm, uh, my thing is, it's we're coming to a time, it seems like, where English teams are just going to dominate European play, I, I think, just because you're seeing all these teams that like are kind of falling from their graces as to where they have been in years past. I was like, Syria Ah isn't as competitive as it used to be. It seems clearly La Liga is just a three-dog horse all the time, and now Barcelona not being in there. It's basically Atletico and Real at this point. And it's just all these, all of these leagues around the world, it just seems like they're becoming less competitive. And all the superstars seem to be going to English football.
0: Pretty much. I mean, it's crazy to think about that in terms of that. I do want to go over to La Liga now though, actually, other than Barcelona losing and firing their coach, because that, that should have happened a long time ago. And Barcelona losing is a given at this point, but I didn't real I thought it was like a cup competition that they lost to Rayo uh, I thought they lost to uh in today but it was a it was a La Liga match La Liga yeah yeah Real Madrid Real Betis Real Sociedad they're all tied top of the table I'm like what Real Betis come what like, we've got some, like, I mean, like, it's only like seven to nine games into the season, but still, like, I don't expect Real Betis and Real Sociedad to be up there. I don't. Like, you expect it to be like Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, maybe Sevilla. Oh, Sevilla is there too. Um, but they are always finding a way to be like around that top four. But it's just it's just crazy to like take a look at the La Liga table to see how that is there. Like the league is be, the league, you could say it's a good thing that the league is more competitive, but it's also a bad thing to see like you know, it's top clubs kind of fall from grace in a way, because other than other than domestically, and by that I mean that country outside of Spain. Not unless you religiously follow soccer in Europe. You're not going to know a damn thing about Real Betis. You're not going to know a damn thing about Real Sociedad. You may know about Sevilla. But in Spain, you know two clubs. Real Madrid and Barcelona. And with how Barcelona is shitting the bed. They fired their coach. They have no true direction. And with Real Madrid, like, you know, they being no like, a... huh? So they
1: had no money.
0: Yeah, had no money. And Real Madrid being a club that's like a roller coaster going up and down. I guess I guess I guess I could say it's a good thing that uh, maybe like, you know, this uh, somewhat like change is happening in La Liga because may, maybe maybe the networks um, uh, and their broadcasters have a good storyline of like, Hey, maybe we're seeing a changing of the guard. Hey, maybe, you know, may, maybe there are other teams that can be in contention for the title this season. So we'll, we'll see how that progresses as we get deeper into the season. I know that we're getting into November. And then once we get into November, obviously, we'll get halfway through the season. They'll have their Christmas break after. So I really don't see. Uh, so my thing is, is like I always want to take a look and see how things look after the break. And then go from there uh, and as we get into the new, as like the new year starts. So give it a few weeks and we'll see where things stand. But the last upset of the day was in England. um, And it wasn't in the, it wasn't in the premier league. It wasn't a premier league match day, but it was in the English league cup, which is a cup competition in my opinion, that should not exist, but that's in our conversation for another day. But the four, the reigning defending, the reigning four-time defending, um, uh, cup champions, EFL Cup champions, Manchester City, lost away to West Ham on penalties, which means they will not defend their, they will not defend the English League Cup this year. They won't get to the final. They won't have a chance to make it five straight. I mean. Given their dominance in this cup competition, that is an upset there and any day that city loses, I think we both can agree is great. Oh, well, it's a great day whenever city loses for sure. Exactly. I think I think uh, I think city's wheels are starting to fall off. I think um, uh, I think Pep's losing his touch to
1: bald fraud. That's not a crazy thing to say. I think I mean clearly we haven't seen city. Be as dominant this year. Just one in league play, and two now just losing in penalties today. So like yeah, maybe, West Ham's I mean, no pushover.
0: Yeah.
1: West West Ham's no pushover, but the thing is, though, is I'm I am
0: joking in a way. But the thing is, no, though, yeah, but it's not. They're they're not they, as dominant as they were, say in seventeen eighteen, um, uh, the Centurion team, or even eighteen nineteen when they won the domestic treble. They kind of fell off a little bit, and that goes down to a few factors there. But, yeah, nonetheless, a great upset nonetheless. Um, uh, We'll see how far West Ham can go in the League Cup. Um, Yeah, no, bald fraud can't get it done again. Can't do it without Messi. You know know how it goes. Can't do it without money. Can't do it without Messi. You know how it goes. Come on, Stockport Iniesta couldn't get the job done today. Um, uh, I don't even know if Foden actually played, to be honest. But I just saw that they lost. I'm like, wait, what? I wanted to watch the game. I meant to put like I meant to put the game on like while I was wor- like in the background, like while I was working. I meant to do the same thing with Arsenal and Leeds yesterday too. I kind of just forgot because it's after three in the afternoon on like a Tuesday, and it's not like I actually have to put on an actual channel. Like it's, I got put on ESPN Plus, so that extra step made me kind of just forget it. But three wild upsets today. Um, I mean, wild week of soccer, honestly. One fired coach, one coach and one coach potentially going to get sacked. Uh, clubs in disarray all across Europe. Clubs dominating their league and could potentially dominate Europe. Just another, you know, just another day in the soccer world. Pretty much, just another week in our soccer world, any more more craziness happens in soccer than in any other sport, if you ask me. Oh, and FIFA hasn't done it. So I'm pretty sure FIFA did something corrupt today too. We just don't know it yet. What? I didn't hear about this. No, that was the joke.
1: Oh, oh, I got you. All right, all right. I thought uh, you meant something serious is coming up. Just coming up. Yeah, yeah. Breaking news, everybody. I have breaking news for
0: you. I got a haircut. That's my breaking news. I got a haircut. I got it last Saturday, actually. I, needed, I, I the main purpose of me getting a haircut was because like, well, <coughs> the main purpose of me getting a haircut was not, a, and I needed a haircut, like it, it was getting bad, but the only reason why I actually got a haircut was because like for long story short for my Halloween costume, like I actually like needed a wig and I don't want any of my, like mm-hmm. my, my actual hair is too long where it can actually pop out uh, peek out of the wig. So I didn't like imagine like, you know, me wearing a wig and then like my actual hair, that would just be a disaster in terms of sweating. So, but that's my breaking news there. Nothing crazy happened. I just got a haircut, but moving on to our final topic, we are going to recap the NHL after a week and a half. Every week we'll talk hockey. We'll see what's going on. We'll see what's going on. In terms of like you know what interests us around the league, we'll talk. We'll talk about the team we support. But before we do that, sir, are there any surprises in the in the National Hockey League that come to mind to you?
1: <laughs> um, we all expected the Sabers to be a wagon, so no, that's not surprise. Uh, biggest surprise to me is Tampa Bay right now. To be honest, I, I, clearly I'm joking about the Sabers. We're all shocked about them. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk on that but th- to be honest the biggest surprise to me i would say um i i knew the canadians last year was a fluke um i've said that. I-, I i said that um Brogs. biggest surprise to me really is the fall from grace from for the golden knights right now. clearly it's early in the season and they just did they beat they beat colorado last night right yes okay just wanted
0: to make sure there. Okay. Fair enough but, there. Yes. Yeah, the
1: golden knights are two and four right now, and Tampa Bay Lightning are three and three. And the Tampa Bay Lightning lost to the Buffalo Sabres, and the Sabres just dominated the whole game, to be completely honest. Again.
0: So my thing about that is I do agree with you. Tampa Bay has played terrible. They didn't have they they didn't have they failed, they didn't score and The first period in their first seven in their first six games, they finally did score in the first period against the Sabres. But the thing is, though, is like, yeah, yeah, they scored. But the thing is, though, is they didn't play a great game. The Sabres, like you said, dominated from start to finish. Yeah, okay, they scored two empty net goals. But the thing is, though, is that the Leafs, I mean, yeah, the Leafs, the Lightning ended up pulling out their their goalkeeper with like 5 minutes left in the game because they were getting dominated okay the sabers were playing a great game of hockey from start to finish they were playing watchable hockey they were playing attractive hockey they were getting it done on the offensive uh, in the offensive zone and in the defensive zone as well Craig Anderson had a great game and goal. Um, I understand that Andre Veselovsky did not start in that game. But the thing is, though, is Brian Elliott is no pushover. I mean, he owns the Sabres. He has 17 wins in, like, 25 games against the Sabres in his career. So a guy like that who has good luck against a team like that, you really think that the Tampa Bay Lightning still have a chance. Also, with who they have, like, in terms of, like, we all know their star power they have. We know who, what the Tampa Bay lightning are capable of. So I am disappointed in them and their start to the season. They really do need to figure it out sooner than later. Um, Cause if they can't, then I understand that it's an 82 game season, but the thing is zone hockey. It's very weird. If you go on a, if you start to lose like one, two games in a row, you can go on a skid potentially. And if you go on a skid like that, and if you go on a skid, forget about it. Your chances at the playoffs diminish, especially like if you rival, especially if, uh, teams around the league are just pretty much like you know especially if teams around you are continuing to win or if you are on a skid they lose like one or two but they find a way to win like two or three on that skid so Tampa Bay really needs to figure it out there though but um, uh, one of my surprising one of my surprising teams surprises this year, so far to start the season is how underperforming the shitty the Toronto Maple Leafs are. I was getting ready to say the shitty Maple Leafs because I hate them, but yeah, the shitty Maple Leafs. Um, uh, they are completely underperforming in my honest opinion. I understand that Austin Matthews didn't play the first two games to t- to start the season, but the thing is though, him and Marner. Um uh, and Nylander, what, they have like a combined like five points or something like that? Yeah, Marner, Marner looks
1: really bad this year so far. Ma-
0: yeah, Marner looks terrible so far. It looks like he's not 11, living up to that contract. And half,
1: 11 and a half he's getting?
0: 11 and a half million dollars a year he's getting, and he's not living up to the contract. I understand. And it also doesn't help that like
1: he's disappeared the last like two playoff appearances that the Leafs have. This is what happens when you have all this money in on four guys on your team. This is the outcome you're going to get. Especially because the NHL is a hell of a lot different with their cap than the NBA is where you can just pay people whatever you want. NHL, your cap matters. And they just, they, they threw all their, they threw all their chips into just the four players and you're seeing the outcome of it. Exactly.
0: Exactly. I mean, Right now, as we're recording, I mean, we've got the toilet bowl going on between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, they gave the are... Blackhawks
1: their first lead of the year. The Blackhawks haven't been leading a game all season. Um, yeah, they're, they're up 2-1 in the, the second. Yeah, 0-5 going into the night. They're up 2-1 now, going into the third now.
0: Yeah, oh five and one They've got one point. The Blackhawks are literally the worst team in hockey right now after six games. Um, uh, and, uh, I mean, only Arizona has – Arizona is the only team that has an equal record to them. Everybody else is, has has more has a higher point total. So that's just pretty bad on how the Blackhawks are going there. And But, yeah, we've got the toilet bowl going on right now, which is insanity because you think that both these teams on paper would be contending for the playoffs. But based on how the season has started, they look more like they – they look more like they belong in, I don't know, playing peewee hockey. I don't know. I think I wouldn't say a peewee team could beat them because obviously that's just not uh, capable. But I, uh, you know, they look like a They look like a a couple of uh, AHL teams right now, or like you know, all um, uh, AHL or like uh, OHL teams or whatever you want to call it, like minor league hockey teams. Like you might like that's that's their style. That's like how they're playing right now. Both of them. And, I mean, the Blackhawks are surprising to me because, like, we, we thought they were going we to be good. A lot of teams actually thought that they were going to be good with the return. I mean, it does not help that, like, with all the – with. well, first we'll go into the COVID stuff because they Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are on the COVID list. I'm pretty sure they have a couple other people on the COVID list as well. But Jeremy Collington is – I don't know what he's doing, but – he is not coaching this team right. I mean, I, if it, I believe it was their last game, or if not their last game, it was like two games ago. So they call a timeout, and Collins just gave the board to the players, and he's as if just like, fuck it, you guys draw the play up. Like, what are you doing? Like I can't like the cameras caught him do that. And I'm just like, are you I saw that and I'm like, Are you kidding me? You're letting your players drop the play. You can't even drop a play yourself for your own
1: players. Are you
0: giving up normally, like that right now?
1: So I I need context on that video because either he the players were yelling at him just to like be like, Hey, we need to run the play here, or because normally it is the assistant coach that will draw out the plays through timeouts and stuff. So I'm curious as to if something happened that he gave the board to the players.
0: Yeah. I'm curious as to that too. I just found that baffling when
1: I saw that. I'm like, why are you giving the board to the players?
0: Like, where's your assistance? Like, why are you not coaching? Like what is going on? There is Um, one more uh,
1: surprise to me actually.
0: Okay. The Detroit Uh, Red Wings.
1: I have looked they're not great but they've looked a lot better i really thought the Goon squad yeah i mean stevie Y has these these kids playing with a little passion and like a little grit under them they're, they i will be at that game when the sabers play the red wings in a couple of
0: weeks i'm going to that
1: game yeah i mean they this red wing team just plays gritty i mean they really don't have any superstars besides dylan larkin yeah, they're kind, of, but, they're kind of like in the Sabres position where there's no super size on this team, and they're just finding ways to win games. Granted, the Red Wings are three, two, and one, but they're I third am, in the
0: division right now.
1: Yeah, they're third in the division, I am just shocked at how they started their season.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, the only one that boggles, the only thing that boggles me is how they blew a three gold lead to Tampa twice. Um, you were up six, you were up three nothing, then six to three, and you no, and you lost. And overtime that's the one thing that boggles me about uh, boggled me there. Cause that was just a crazy game of hockey, but yeah, Detroit to start the season, like they're starting off pretty well for themselves. And like I said, I'm going to the game against the that this between the Sabres and Red Wings, uh, in a couple in about a week and a half now. And like, I think that would be a good game of hockey to watch honestly, based on how both teams have performed. I mean, I need to take a look at the Red Wings schedule before that game, but I know the Sabers are going on their trip out west. So, but going into that game, like you know, I'm thinking ahead to that game, and I know I shouldn't, but I don't know. I think I'll see a good
1: game of hockey, honestly.
0: And yeah, uh, I mean, they're tied
1: two two right now. As we're recording, they're playing the Capitals right now. They're tied two two with two minutes left to play in the third.
0: Oh boy, why do oh boy, that's that's actually pretty good there. Yeah, I like that there. But um, uh, I want to go back. Um, you know, I do think that the Red Wings like they're they have a good season. They are, they have had a good start to the season. I kind of have a little surprise here for you. I'm not too surprised by it, but I am a, I am a little bit. The Florida Panthers are six and and0 to start the season.
1: Uh, because Andre Bobrovsky paying like playing like
0: Sergei Bobrovsky
1: yeah he's playing wait what did I say
0: you said Andre Bobrovsky I'm like wait I said
1: I said I only said Bobrovsky
0: no you said Andre I heard Andre
1: no I said I said the only reason they're starting this is because Bobrovsky I didn't say Andre
0: I heard Andre buddy whatever we'll have
1: to listen to this but um no but because Bobrovsky is playing like the 10 million dollar goalie, he's paid to be playing like mean, exactly. coming, coming into this head. season for them, like we knew they were going to be good, but that was a big question mark, whether he was going to be the starter or were they going to have to rely on Spencer Knight, who also was a phenomenal goaltender as well. So, I mean, they could still be in the same position with him, but he's finally playing like that Carey Price type goalie where he's like, I'm getting paid this much and now I'm performing. And he's showing it this season so far.
0: Yeah, exactly. The goaltending for the Florida Panthers has looked exceptionally well. Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight are doing, uh, have a good tandem going right there. Bobrovsky's playing like he's supposed to be the um, uh, $10 million goalkeeper, right?
1: Yeah.
0: $10 million goalkeeper. He's getting paid to be. And like we said, you know, well coached team, Joel Quinville, three time Stanley Cup champion. Um, obviously, with the Blackhawks, who are not doing so hot themselves, but, uh, but the mixture of youth and experience with that goaltending, they're doing a pretty damn good job down there. The only thing, the only thing that sucks for them is uh, they still can't get any fans in the seats, even though they they have a great start to the season.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, Florida's not really, especially where they're located it's not really a hockey town. Um, so it will be nice to see them. Like if they keep playing well and well, they will get fans in the stands because I mean, they, this team does deserve it. This team has been playing very well to start the season. Um, I, they're heavy cup contenders for me, uh, coming out of the East. Um, so hopefully they can just start putting some asses in those seats down there.
0: Yeah. I mean, going into in the third period right now, I mean, as we're talking, like, As we are talking, they're up three to one on the Bruins and look like that they can improve to seven and oh. So that would be an exceptional start to the season. I mean, for not only for them, but also for hockey in Florida in general. Because, yeah, we know that they're supposed to be good. But the thing is, though, based on how Tampa is going, um, you know, we just don't, we just don't really have a, an idea of like where the lightning are going to be. Right. Like, especially with how they started and how they lost the Sabres and everything. So it's just interesting to see how the state of Florida with hockey is going right now. Um, obviously it's disappointing with, to see how the Blackhawks are underperforming. It's great to see the shitty Leafs and all their, I time. love it. I mean, I love it. Yeah. Blow Leafs blow a you fucking assholes. But um uh, all right. You know it's coming everybody. <laughs> we have to talk about the we have to talk about the absolute wagon that is the Buffalo Sabres and you know they're off to their 4-1 one, and one start, 9 points in 7 9 points in 6 games, 9 points out of 12. Um the goaltending tandem of Craig Anderson and Dustin Tokarski is practically, you know, the second coming of jesus if you had no, i'm joe okay that's bla that is blessing me there but the goaltending tandem is doing wonders um the team is pretty much like the red wings no true superstar on the team just a bunch of guys who are playing very attractive hockey um they start a west coast road trip they go and they will play the sharks the, the canes the ducks and the Seattle Kraken. So they'll do a California road trip. Then they'll hit up the then they'll head up the Pacific Coast highway up to Seattle before they come home and face the Red Wings. So uh Sabres After Dark makes its return after a year and a half hiatus. Um I can't stay up to watch all the to watch all those games in full. Well, I can watch the uh the Kings game in full, actually, because that's on a Sunday afternoon, but the other three games I can't watch in full because I have this lovely thing called work. But I mean, we're all shocked by how the Sabers are playing. I mean, we joke like you know we we made some jokes. We're happy that they're playing wild. We're happy that they're playing attractive and excitable hockey. Um, obviously, attendance is the only factor that is like an eyesore. I but think it's because is- I
1: think it's because the Canadian border is not open.
0: The Canadian border isn't open until November, so a lot of Canadian fans fans that have season tickets will be able to come back after, um, uh, I think, after November, like f- or starting November 5th. It's like a weird date. It's not even like November 1st. It's like November 5th or something like that. So we'll see how that goes there. Um, another thing, too, is obviously a lot of fans like, Turned in their season tickets because of the whole Eichel debacle. They turned in their season tickets because they felt the Pagulas were just like ruining the organization. They had enough. So, yeah, attendance is an issue there. But the thing is, though, is to get the fans back, they're doing what they need. They're doing what they need to do. OK, um, they are playing attractive hockey. And it doesn't matter if they're winning or losing. They're playing attractive, watchable hockey, which is all I asked for. It's exciting. We, it's
1: exciting to watch.
0: When we record like when we previewed the hockey season like a few podcast episodes ago, we had talked about like we have no expectations for this team. We don't expect them to go to the playoffs. We don't expect them to tank either. We just want them to play good hockey for the fans. And that's what they're doing. They're listening to the, they're, that's what they're doing. Don Granado has got them doing that. And that's how they've gotten nine points out of 12, out of, out of 12. They've got nine points out of their six games. Um, I know that um, uh, obviously the sharks are off to a good start to the season as well. But the thing is though, if they can get six points out of, if they can get anywhere between anywhere from like five to six points out of these eight, that's a very successful road trip coming back home to face the Red Wings. I really think that the West coast road trip will help them, you know, it will determine like where they stand going into Nova, going into the game against Detroit, because then they will be 10 games into the season which means it's an eighth of the way done. Um no, yeah, an eighth of the way done. Um and then that will just determine like where they go for the rest of the season because a road trip a road trip like that helps uh helps both on and off the ice. In 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 my opinion, it helps you on the ice because, you know, obviously it's a road trip, you know. You get you're you're fit you're you're going you're back on the road out on the west coast for the first time in year half. But it also helps with team bonding off the ice. I mean the group the group of guys is pretty much you know they're just gonna bond over things. They're just gonna be they're gonna be with the they're, all they're gonna do is be with each other for like this next week like on the road. I don't know if they're come, like I don't know if they're gonna come back like you know they probably will come back to Buffalo to practice. But the thing is so it's like it's a road trip. They're with each other for the most part. They're gonna bond. They're gonna find stuff to talk about. They're just gonna figure out how we, how chemistry works uh, on the ice. Be like, hey, it works when we do this. It works when we do that. Okay, um, so we'll see how the road trip goes. Um, like I said, I'm just excited to go to the next home game. That'll be a fun. That should be a fun game of hockey. But I do know that you have a hot take about this West Coast road trip that you had told me about, and I am excited to hear it.
1: Yeah, so I have heard some rumblings that Jack Eichel to uh, the Vegas Golden Knights has been a little talk here, and there's been rumblings because we are heading on this Western Conference road trip. Granted, I know we don't play the Golden Knights. We are heading out west, and I have heard that Eichel will be on the team plane going out there because we're trading him to to Vegas, and I believe what we're going to be getting is Peyton Krebs And a couple draft picks for him, which I would not mind that at all, um, considering any draft pick will help, because I'm assuming it'll probably be a first or a second, considering Vegas still owns all their first and second round picks for the next three drafts. Um, So they could give that up to us. And in return with that, we're going to get paying curbs. And I, I don't hate that trade at all. I don't know if it's – clearly, I'm not 100% sure if it's true or not, but that is what I've been hearing just from the talks around, like, seeing people online talk about it and stuff. So we'll see.
0: We shall see there. We shall see. Uh, that's just going to be some bad vibes, though, on the team playing if he's on there because, you know
1: – I don't oh, think well. so because, I mean, you haven't heard anything. I don't think it's a distraction to our players. Like, no one no, has it's not a, a word about it. No, it's not a distraction. It's not a distraction. I, I think it hasn't been a
0: distraction because he hasn't been in Buffalo. He's been in fucking Boston. He watched the Red Sox go all the way to the ALCS practically. I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, well, I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, I mean, like, I'll, I'll see on, like, his, like uh, whenever I check social media or whatever, I am, uh, like, you know, I'll see, like, an insta Like, he'll put up a random Instagram story. And it was more along the lines of that he was in Boston. Like he's been in Boston the entire time, whether it's a Red Sox game. Uh, he was seen with a lot of friends that he has on the Bruins. Um, you know, he was just hanging around out downtown for the most part. So I, I don't even know if he's even in Buffalo at this point. I'm still convinced that he's in Boston.
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure he's probably still in Boston. But, um. Red Wings might actually be good though as well because they just won an overtime. But yes, Eichel, I I don't think he's in Buffalo. Uh, I haven't seen him like any of the Sabers tweets about us winning or anything on Instagram. So no, I, but a lot of
0: Sabers fans have been making fun uh, of him.
1: There's also one hot take that I do have as well. All right, let me. Oh, you have another one. I have it, two. Ho- I have two hot takes on this situation because one was just it wasn't really a hot take. It's just rumblings I heard from the. Like from the interwebs and and therefore, but um, no, I am convinced. Will, I am convinced Eichel will be playing a game in a Sabers uniform still. Yeah, if they don't
0: trade him, I believe that they'll let him have the surgery. he should be At ready this, for. Only
1: problem with that. Sorry to interrupt you with the surgery thing, though. Is only problem is I feel like it's so far gone where, like, you if if you if you budge him, like, let. Say the Sabers like just say all right, get your shirt and you can play for us. It's like why wouldn't you let him do that in the first place? But I guess Eichel has more of the bargaining tools right now because we are still paying him and he is doing nothing for the Sabers and we still have to pay him.
0: That's another reason why I think he still plays in a Sabers uniform too because Kevin Adams is saying we are not retaining his salary. If we trade him, he is yours. His salary is yours. We do not want anything to do with it because Colorado was in trade talks with him, with the Adams, and they walked away because
1: of that. Sakic, Joe Sackage said that's not happening. Yeah, it's a lot of money for people to pay. Um, like I said, I go, I go for Marner, one for one, who says no?
0: I go for Marner one for one. The contracts are pretty much even Uh, Toronto fans get. Yeah. Yeah. Toronto gets to Toronto gets to trade one to, to trade one top heavy player for another top heavy player. No one
1: one wants Marner's contract. No, no one does want Marner's contract. Toronto doesn't even want Marner's contract. I mean, maybe he needs to change the scenery to actually step up. Hey,
0: I wanted the Sabres to, I always joke about like, say the Sabres making moves for free agents, like uh, when free agency starts. I joked about, hey, give Marner, because Marner was an RFA, right? Yeah, he wasn't a yeah. UFA, he was an RFA. I said, me, I said, give him an offer sheet. See what they say, see, what he says. I always joke about that. I said a couple, uh, two free agencies ago. I said, give me Hall. That actually happened, and we know how much of a disaster that turned out to be. Uh, the only thing is, though, is I still, I still. That's thought because that- of the
1: coaching staff. That I, I feel like if we had last year's team that we started the year with. Under Donnie Meatballs, I feel like we would be such a better team.
0: I'm still baffled that Donnie Meatballs was on this man's coaching staff, and he, Don and and Don and Don Granado was allowing the idiocy and stupidity that comes that came out of Ralph Krueger's mouth to happen. I am baffled that this man literally sat there and well, stood there next to Krueger. What can he say?
1: What can he say though? There's only much you can say because the head coach has a final say.
0: Oh, I know that. I know that. I just find it crazy. We had this. We had we had such a hidden gem in our coaching staff who allowed stupidity to be roam to, to roam wild. Uh, which is why the fan base pretty much had uh, gave pretty much just stopped giving fuck all. It's so, and for the most part, except for a few fans like us, we still care. Don't worry. But um, uh, no, Eichels for Marner one for. I uh, yeah, Eichels. Eichel for Marner, one for one. Um, uh, I'm not saying no. Definitely that would be hilarious if it happened. Um, uh, Because the thing is, though, is the Leafs would be trading away a winner for a center. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you get to see Eichel and Matthews together. But, you know, still like, okay, you've got Matthews. You've got Tavares. Now you've got Eichel. All right. Who goes where? But that's for Kyle Dubas. Uh, as the general manager, and for um, uh, Sheldon Keith and the Toronto Maple Leafs coaching staff to figure out if that ever does happen. But based on how the Leafs are conti- are underperforming right now, um, who who knows? Maybe the maybe both the Marner and Nylander contracts like are starting to bite them in the ass. Yeah,
1: and maybe, very, uh, yeah.
0: That's very And true. maybe Austin and maybe Austin Matthews will soon to re- realize his dream of being an Arizona
1: Coyote. Um, that, I would love that. Um, but no, that would be, I think that would, Connor McDavid is going to go down in history as the best hockey player ever. I don't care. This man is an absolute stud. Sorry for switching topics there real fast. I just want to get that out there that I think David is going to be the best hockey player ever. I, He's on pace I, for like 160 point season, something like that. It's hey, I'm stupid. all right. I
0: talk about him as much as I can on the Twitter account. Um, uh, it doesn't help that when I'm trying to go to bed, the Oilers are playing. Um, uh, who I know
1: it's going to be, be an issue with this Western conference road trip for the Sabres. Cause I will stay up and watch the games and then be miserable in the morning. <laughs> I can't do that.
0: I I'll try to as much as I can, but I don't think I'll last. Uh, I don't think I'll get to the third period. I'll probably go to Maybe bed I'll just the fall second. asleep on my recliner. I'll probably fall asleep on the couch would not, which not would not be ideal, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, uh, it is what it is there, but I do not have anything else to say in the, today's podcast. Um, I, I think we covered all the bases. we covered. We made our pull. We made our points about the NFL per usual. Uh, we debuted a new segment. We obviously had our daily dose of soccer talk, uh, and we had our daily dose of hockey talk as well. Um, I know that next week, the college, the first rankings of the college football playoff will be out. So next week, we will talk about that there. Um, but do you have any final thoughts before we conclude today's episode?
1: Um, I would just like to tell our followers, um, since we never talk about the, the NBA regular season has officially started. It started last Thursday. And we yeah, just, I'm surprised we you talk. actually wanted
0: to start talking basketball. You do not like basketball. Oh no, I don't.
1: I don't want to talk basketball. I just want to, because we're a sports podcast. I just want to let people know if you want to actually hear about the NBA and meaningful insight. Um, listen to another podcast after you listen to ours, of course. But me and Jeremy never really offer any meaningful insight to NBA, and we do a well, we will we'll try to have time. some meaningful insight to the NBA. Come okay, play we'll off. come playoff
0: time. Uh, No, we'll try to have some meaningful insight in the regular season. It's not my fault that I don't want to watch, like, you know, um, uh, like. NBA season is just too long. The NBA, well. So is the NHL, but. So is the NHL, but the thing is, so is like hockey matchups are more. Hockey matchups are more unpredictable than basketball matchups. Okay. You could have like the golden state warriors go up against like the Sacramento Kings and nine times out of 10, the warriors are going to win or they could play. But, but I will say this, the Chicago bulls are four and like, they started the season four and oh, you know, the last time the Chicago bulls started the season four and oh, it was with Jordan, right? Yep,
1: 1996,
0: 1997 season. So, uh, when they uh, repeat, when they were in their second three-peat. So that's the first time since that happened, which is which? insanity is the word I, for, of the day here. I couldn't find that hard to believe. So I don't so are know. The bull, are the Bulls a wagon?
1: The <laughs> the Bulls
0: are back. Bulls are going to win the ship. Uh, also, the Warriors may win the ship too because uh, they started the season 4-0 as well. But the thing is, though, is like me having some basketball knowledge with who the Warriors have in their backcourt, Steph Curry probably greatest shooter of all time. Klay Thompson healthy. Um, Draymond Green is still there, and with their depth, of, and with their depth, I think that the Warriors will be a presence in the Western Conference. But that's the basketball insight that I have for today. Uh, we'll try to have some more next week, if not next week, maybe the week after. But we or will try play, to have some
1: playoff time. Playoff time sounds good to me.
0: Well, times that's to you. Yes, NBA playoffs are good. NBA regular season. But um we will do that we'll we'll try to. We'll we will do our absolute best. Um, also,
1: Paiska, nice to see your Red Sox not in the World Series.
0: Oh yeah, we forgot Daily Dose uh, shout out to um uh, Paiska. Paiska, we miss you. Um uh you got to come on. we you keep saying you have to come on the podcast, but buddy just reach out to us. Let us know like when a good day for you to be our guest on a guest on the pod is we'd be more than happy to have you on. Um, I do also want to uh, shout out my fantasy football league real quick, mainly because they said that I, uh, that this podcast is the official sponsor of the, of the fantasy football league that I participate in. I want to know where our money is that I've heard the sponsor. Yeah. um, uh, Yeah, no, they sell free ads. They said we have to pay them. I'm like, well, what the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> this doesn't. This doesn't sound fair. No, it doesn't sound fair. Um. Uh. But I do want to say this. Um. Uh, as well, in my fantasy league matchup this week, I didn't have a defense. Um. I had the Raiders defense up until now. They have their bye. Um. And defenses are slim pickings in my fantasy league. So I am riding with an old friend. And if you know, you know the Dallas Cowboys defense is my <laughs> defense for this week, which means. I'm riding with them. Let's go, my, I'm fan, my fans. No has, is,
1: I'm shocked no one has ever picked them up. I mean, not, that uh, hasn't I, been bad. They haven't been bad scoring this year.
0: Um, yeah, uh, they got picked up. Uh, they got picked up by my the the guy. They got picked up by my opponent, um, uh, who I'm facing this week. And then once their bye week happened, they got dropped. Uh, oh, yeah. I tried. I tried to get the Bengals defense in a waiver claim, but I lost that, so I did not get the Bengals defense. So what I did was, is I just picked up the Cowboys defense, and I had three tight ends on my roster, so I dropped one of my tight ends because I'm like, why do I need? What three the hell carries
1: three tight ends? Kind of fancy uh, team you running over
0: there? <laughs> hey, my fantasy sure. team is four. My fancy team is four and three right now, and my fancy league is wide open, so. I just want to say that right now I'm in playoff contention, which is much better than I thought I would be right now. So my issue um, is I'm, I've been
1: rocking the Browns defense all year.
0: Yeah, that's um, a bad issue. I mean, considering the fact in game game one of the season, one of their safeties gets ejected for shoving a coach.
1: Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's not, not good. good. I, I'm three and four right now, but guess what? This whole league's in fucking shambles, and I think I'm still second place. Everyone's everyone he's just winning and losing everyone just flip-flops every week if you lose one week you're winning the next
0: jesus christ that's terrible that is terrible oh boy oh yeah that's the totally, league yeah I, maybe maybe if i had my team in this league maybe i'd be winning but uh i chose not to do it this year and i i am a little i i i i i, I don't know paying attention to two fantasy leagues is like you know wasn't good for me last year so that's why like you know I don't know. Eventually I'm going to stop fantasy football altogether just because eventually I'm not going to have a fucking clue as to who's in the league as I get older. But I do, right I do now, fantasy hockey and that is an absolute mess trying to pick my team every day. I remember the one year we I did that fantasy hockey league with you. I won. And yeah, you won. I picked half of my team. And then after that, I had no clue what to do after that because we were getting to deaf players and I just had auto draft the rest of the way. And I remember that, like, I start, I won, like, my first two games in, like, matchups in fantasy hockey. But then, like, after that, like, I just completely shit to bed because, like, you know, I had injuries left and right. And I'm like, oh, cool. This guy's out. This guy's out. All I remember is having Patrick Kane on my team. And I think that was the year Patrick Kane won the Hart Trophy. And then, like, he could, like, because it's fantasy hockey, you know, because fantasy is different than reality, obviously. Yeah, I can have an MVP on my team, but the thing is, though, if I don't have decent players around them in fantasy, my team is just go. Pfft.
1: Well, that sounds about right. It sounds about every every person's fantasy team ever.
0: Pretty much, pretty much. But yeah, no
1: Cowboys defense back in my
0: fantasy team. That's more breaking news there. Riding, riding uh,
1: with your favorite team, I like it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Go right ahead, <laughs> laugh it up. The boys are. We're getting, the, we're getting the band back together. I'm going to win my I, – I well, I don't know if I'll win my matchup this week. I want to say I'm going to lose because every time, like, my fantasy football league commissioner puts me down, like, as a loss, like, <laughs> in our rankings, I always win. So he put me down for a loss already this week. I already know because I'm facing him. So I think I'm going to win this week then based off of the superstition. But knock yeah. on wood, the jinx doesn't happen there. But – I have no final thoughts there. That concludes another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. Please go get your ass on here as a guest. We'd love to have you. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at LHS Podcast Twenty Twenty One. That's on Twitter. Um, we do. Uh, we run polls. I try to run a daily poll, maybe two a day. Um, I know that I tweet about some news that happens, not all news. But let's be honest, some stuff is more important than others. Um, we also try to share some highlights happening uh, throughout sports um just hard to do that when we do record the podcast but give that a follow give us a listen subscribe apple podcast spotify anchor whatever your preferred podcast platform is until next week everybody just keep on keeping on